Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy. Yes. Orson, a game seven, my friend. Anyway, hey. you, you want to talk? You want to talk about an outstanding, outstanding come from behind air victory by the Islanders? Um, Matt Barzell willed us the victory today, all by himself. All by himself. Really? All by himself. Oh goodness gracious! And we start. Um, I will tell you this much: uh, people wonder, hey, why is the podcast named "The Islanders Never Say Die" podcast? Uh, the never say die attitude and mentality that the Islanders have always have, even when you look back th- through the inception of this team and organization. Um, we saw that on display today. I remember making a uh, post there on social media on Twitter um, after Trotz rolled out the same exact lineups as uh, what we saw in the eight to nothing loss, you know, two nights ago. And I said, either this is going to be the boldest move. And Barry Trotz's career or one of the worst decisions we've seen here, you know, since he's been a head coach for the Islanders, uh, panned out. One of the boldest moves there uh, since being the head coach of the Islanders. Again, they win three to two in overtime and force a game seven. Uh, you know what Matt Barzell said tonight? He looked at the lineup card and that Barry Trotz put out. He's like, this guy's trying to sabotage our season, but I'm going to go out. And I'm going to show him that no matter how much he tries to put the worst lineup that he possibly can out there on the ice, I'm not going to let us lose. And that's what happened today. Is Magnificent that- Matt Barzell to the rescue. Is that what happened, Grump? That is exactly what happened. Well, before we get started too much, I'll remind you guys here, uh, this podcast, we go live post-game every – or post-Islanders game for the rest of the playoffs. So again, we'll be live game seven, and if we force, and when we go, you know, the Stanley Cup finals, fingers crossed, knock on wood, obviously, um, we'll be going live after every single Islanders game, no matter what day of the week it is. So making sure that you don't miss out on all the action, make sure you subscribe there on YouTube, like and follow us there on Facebook and Twitter, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you listen to it. Um, But grumpy old man, before we dive too much, into the podcast, the meat and potatoes of what's going on. Uh, Grumpy, we do have an ad there to read uh, from DraftKings, Grumpy Old Man. Um, And here it is. Uh, You know, the second and the third round there in the NBA and NHL playoffs increases in action from game to game. And this is where contenders are separated from the pretenders. And to put some skin in the game there, DraftKings is offering you free-to-play pools every day at the NBA and NHL playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's, again, up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pool are easy to enter. Just download DraftKings app. Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that NHL and NBA game um, and then track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team you think will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the NBA and NHL playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page now 
to get your free shot at huge cash prizes. Again, that is code THPN for a limited time only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details, Grumpy. Hey, TJ, looks like you did a pretty good job on that podcast. On that uh, reading, uh, that reading of the ad today, the reading of the ad today. Grump, I need your energy. I need you to wake up, Grumpy. Where I am awake. I'm fully awake. I was just trying to think of something glib to say. What can I tell you? You surprised me. You caught me off guard when you actually did something correct on the podcast. Oh. So, you know, I panicked a little bit. What can I tell you? Oh goodness gracious! Huge, huge, huge game for the New York Islanders. Um, I'll tell you, we went down two nothing on. Hey, we'll break down the first two goals that Tampa scored. I was worried. I think all Islander fans are worried. I just kind of had this gloomy outlook as to what was going to happen the remainder of the game. Uh, foolish me. I should have known the Islanders have no quit in this team. You know, despite, you know, the 8 nothing loss, they went ahead and experienced there on, uh, you know, game five on, uh, on Monday. There's no quit in this team. What did they do, particularly – in the second half of the game today. What have we been saying all series the Islanders needed to do to win? Get the puck down low, punish their defense, get them to turn it over, stay out of the penalty box. Right? Yep. And there are three, keys. three keys of the series. Right. And we did it today. I mean, and here's the thing. It's one thing that you can't leave out because it's it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. Kucherov trying to take a run at Matt Barzell. Obviously, they were still pissed off about what happened in the, the previous game. Uh, and Kucherov kind of takes a little run at Barzell, who kind of hits a little reverse check on him, and he goes out. I, I'm wondering if he wound up getting a separated shoulder or something because he went off 46 seconds into his first shift and was not to be seen again. Boo, hoo, hoo. Now, that said, Tampa losing the best player on their team in his first 46 seconds, that's got to throw a little bit of a monkey wrench into the works. Uh, but we fought back today, and Matt Barzal was just absolutely incredible. Just so incredible. you made a mistake. Wasn't Matt Barzal who hit Nikita Kucherov, Grumpy Old Man? That was Scott Mayfield. And no, again, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. You to take Hold on, stop. Just a lot. That's Scott Mayfield who cross-checks Nikita Kucherov right to the back. He went off limping with that back injury. That was not Matt Barzell. That was Scott Mayfield grumpy. No. He went to take a shot at Matt Barzell. Matt Barzell. This is this is when they couldn't stop. The NBC clowns couldn't stop saying how there was cross-check after cross-check. It was a shoulder injury, which he did as soon as he took a run at Matt Barzell. He came up and he was flexing that shoulder right after that. So you picked the wrong clip. I'm so just you know, like, right I'm now. just and people are pointing out that it looked like a back. I think it was more of a back than it is a shoulder, but we'll find out. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no matter what type of injury this is there for Kucherov, uh, if he misses game seven, that's a huge plus for the Islanders. Uh, you know, he had missed certain games last year when we played them in the playoffs, and uh, it's a night and day difference for the Tampa Bay Lightning out there on the ice. And, uh, you know, if he's not able to suit up there for game seven, you're looking at a completely different ball game. I really do believe that. We can only hope. Honestly, we can only hope. Uh, you know, I got worried as soon as Braden Point scored that goal again today to go up one nothing. Uh, totally avoidable. Um, 
you know, and you know, they brought up Reggie Leach, who scored goals in 10 straight games back for Philadelphia back in the day. I remember that year he had 21 goals in the playoff series. And I believe he won a Conn Smythe trophy. Um, but the times were different. Uh, goaltending is better now with the butterfly style. So I think what, what Point has done is even more impressive than what Leach did back in the day. Yeah, and I'll tell you, um, it is impressive. And it seems like Braden Point just has an uncanny knack of, of really performing in the playoffs. Man, oh man, you talk about those guys who just are able to go ahead and perform in the playoffs. Braden Point's one of those guys. Yeah, he's clutch. I mean, he's clutch. Um, you know, but hey, look, just think about the comeback we had today. Did, I mean, when we were down 2 nothing, do you think we were coming back? I mean, the crowd was absolutely dead after that second goal. Um, and Matt Barzell to the rescue. I mean, he just created the rest of the night. Individually, he created both of those goals. Uh, and then Coleman just... Uh, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Passing the puck, he had puck nobody near him. Passes it right in front of his net. Bavillier makes a nice pick, uh, nice pickoff. Uh, gets Vasilevsky moving one way, comes back shooting the other way, and we're going to Game Seven. It was fantastic, just fantastic. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different stories and segments to break down at tonight's game. I think uh, you know, you watch the first goal that you know Varlamov concedes there. I'll tell you this much: you know, it was it's a tough it's a tough goal to stop there. Um, you know, it happened so quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, point was, you're right. He was like a possessed madman, you know, fighting Pelic down low. He forces Pelic for that turnover behind the net too, which is also worth mentioning grumpy. I'll go ahead and pull yeah. that here for us, but he forces this turnover right here. Pelic gets it. Oh, he does a good job of going ahead and collapsing on the boards. He fights through Pelic. And again, you can maybe say, Hey, Varl comes off the post there a little too much. You know, he's kind of floundering around out there because he, yeah, he's kind yeah, of – Yeah, that's, that's a bad goal for Varlamov to give up. That, that's a bad goal for him to give up. It just it, You know, it's not a great goal. I'm not going to go ahead and blame him specifically on that. Here's the thing. Bad turnover there by Pellick, but that was an outstanding play by Braden Point all the way around from the forcing of keeping the puck there, from being you know sent around the boards, uh, keeping it there, hemmed up there close to the net, uh, and then to, towards fighting Pelic down low, winning that battle and putting the puck on net and scoring that. I mean, that's an overall great great, great, uh, great display by him. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you know, here's the thing. He's able to cut off the pass along the boards from Pelic, and he has position on him the whole rest of the way. So he gets – Pelic's chasing him to the front of the net, uh, he doesn't go back around with, the, with with his play. He comes to the front, and he just watched. If you watch the play here, right here, he, he breaks it off, and he has total position on Pellick the whole way through. He's quicker to get to the front of the net, and Pellick looks like he's going to go around it, and he's like, "No, I got a chase." And now he's still behind him, still behind him. There's Jernak, uh, I believe, uh, taking the shot, and there's Point in the perfect position. To pop the rebound in, like I said, to me, Varlamov needs to be he needs he needs to be better there. The difference between Varlamov and great goalies is in big situations, he does not make that key save. He's solid. I don't dislike Varlamov, but you know, you're if you're a real if you're a Vesna trophy guy, you make the big save at the big time. And that's just not something he does usually. Yeah. Um, and then you look here, what right the second goal. And it was very easy for the Islanders after that second goal to say, hey, we're going to give up, you know, 
Yeah. We gave up a goal there, you know, about midway through the second period. Uh, from a game that really it was it was kind of back and forth, tit for tat there. I mean, we, we almost knew the Islanders had to go ahead and score, you know, before the second period was over. Uh, they did. We we just knew that was going to happen there if they wanted a chance there to win, to fight and claw back there. Um, this goal right here, defensive breakdown, yes. Poor job there by Varlamov, yes. I mean, you look at this. You have, you have Zarnak skating. I'm talking about <laughs> skating from him going into the ice. It's pretty obvious, right? Think about this. Letty's watching him cross his face. And Pulak's aware of this as well. Yes. Let's flip in behind him. Letty, uh, not in good enough position there either to where even if he turns and flips his hips, he can't catch Zarnak. And now Zarnak has a one-on-one -on -one opportunity there with the goalie because of poor positional play there. We were not aware there to the stretch pass. And that's one of those items we've talked about there. Tampa does a great job of exploiting the stretch pass. We see it there even when they're on the penalty kill. They do a great job of launching those pucks forward. They use the speed of their forwards to go ahead and make those odd man opportunities and rushes. And here we go. You've got a one-on-one -on -one opportunity with Zarnak. He goes five-hole, and this is probably one that Varlamov would want back. Yeah, you can't you can't give a five hole goals on that. I mean, you know, everyone was you know ripping uh, you know the defense last time. Well, you know they're they got to let Varlamov play the shooter. Well, we let Varlamov play the shooter today, uh, and he gave up a five hole goal. You cannot give up a five hole goal there. And I'm like, ugh. I mean, that's that's a time when a goalie has to come up with a big save, and he just didn't. That being um, said. That is about all the negatives I can point out from today's game. And even then, there are so many positives in so many big moments. Obviously, number one, Kucherov being out is huge for the Islanders. If he misses game seven, I cannot quantify how big of a plus that is for the New York Islanders. And I'll tell you, right when it looks like things are dead for the Islanders, the crowd kind of looked out of it. We looked a little worried. Jordan Everly put that shot there, grumpy old man, on target, and I really didn't think it had a lot of oomph behind it. I, I, I was shocked it went in, but you know, it, it changes the mindset of throw the puck towards the net. You have no idea what can happen. Perfectly placed backhand shot, just perfectly placed, right? Uh, it, but what's what's it created by? Matt Barzell just flying up the ice. He backs off three defenders. He backed off three defenders to the dots, which enables him. To make that pass over to Everly, uh, who you know goes to his backhand, they may be thinking it's going to be a pass back to Barzell. He takes that shot, and it was just beautiful. I mean, uh, just uh, what a great backhand! You don't, you really underappreciate. Look at how Barzell has driven those guys back just with his speed coming through the neutral zone. The neutral I mean, zone. Here, here it is too. We talk about it. Just like we go ahead and pinpoint when the Islanders allow too easy of zone entries there for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're seeing it right here. The Tampa Bay Lightning allow Matt Barzal, and again, he's got unbelievable speed. They allow him to gain the blue line really without any type of pressure. Right here, dishes that off. He goes ahead and splits him. He sucks up there the space, and it gives that open lane there for Everly to have enough time to get a shot. And look at this. A perfectly placed shot, and it goes in the net. Oh, man. See, that's speed kills. That's why they say speed kills, because when you're doing everything, you have to react to everything he does. I mean, you're not going to stand him up at the blue line, because if you do, he walks right through you and gets a breakaway. 
I mean, that's that's what this kid does. That's the ability that he has. He just, he, like I said, all of them go to him. And you're going to see on the second goal, it was even more pronounced. Can, can we can we also point this out here? Look at Matt Barzal. You know, this is a little bit of an interference here on his side, but look at this. Look at that. Matt Barzal takes the other defender out of the equation. I'm not sure whose number that is, but look at this. He ties up a stick and prevents there the defender there from going ahead and pushing the impressing the issue, impressing the issue there by Jordan Eberly. These type of things, hey, yes, yeah, sure, might be a call. They never call these type of things in the NHL. But look at this. He completely throws the momentum off by him taking that stick out. He completely loses balance. He's not able to press the issue there with Jordan Eberly and allows Jordan Ebley to continue there on that path. Not only a great job of the zone entry, a great job of the dish, but also a great job of that subtle nuance right there where he goes ahead and ties up the stick there, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning defender, and he allows Jordan Ebley that extra space in order to get that shot off for the perfectly placed goal. That's, I mean, like those type of things right there, the small things like that really make a difference. When people say Matt Barzal was like a possessed, he was out of his mind. He was like a possessed human being out there tonight. Those are the type of things that he was doing that just set him, that just set him apart. Yeah. I don't need you pulling the company line and saying when Matt Barzal does something that should be penalized. So now the referee should start looking for that stuff because that happens all the time, all the time. It, it does. Okay. It, it does. I'm just saying to be, you know, fair and unbiased there. I'm just saying that those type of things usually are penalties, but hey, they never get called. Okay. Well, you know what? I want you to go into detail when other good players do that too, or anybody else does that, but you don't. You picked it against Matt Barzell because you're a shill for Barry Trotz. That's what you Oh, are. oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, grumpy old man. Uh, that was an excellent and outstanding goal there. That started to build momentum there for the Islanders. And I'll tell you, we had a lot of chances there in the third period. But holy crap, tell me it's not fitting, grumpy old man. A guy who you absolutely know and love, our boy Scott Mayfield with an unbelievable snipe is what draws the Islanders to a tie game. Oh, so unbelievable, grumpy old man. He puts that top shelf to where I don't think Vasilevsky ever could have expected that to be where it was placed. No, but and it's a great shot, but Matt Barzell totally – he had three and a half guys going towards him. They were all watching him, which opens up the ice for Scott Mayfield to sneak down. And what a beautiful shot. I mean, you know, how many chances is he as a defenseman? And he's not the most offensively gifted player. Is he going to hit that shot? But it was all because of Matt Barzell's creation, all of it. You, you know, we talk about like the odds of hitting those shots. It's about the same exact odds that Brad Marchant had of putting no, those shots. No, 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 no. Matt Bar uh, Brad Marchant was behind the freaking net and beat uh, Varlamov to the far side. You unless he gets beat short side. You asked me what was the odds of a defensive defenseman, Scott Mayfield, putting that shot on that on that spot. I'm going to say it's astronomically low. That is a shot where I don't think Scott Mayfield hits, but one out of a hundred in practice. That is and with a situation like that. I, <laughs> and here he is. He puts it in game time in game six there with the Islanders needing a goal to go ahead and tie things up. That is an unbelievable shot. And hey, that was a great job of Matt Barzell by going ahead and absorbing those Tampa defensemen or those Tampa. Hey, hey, look at how many guys are chasing him. We had three guys chasing him. Three guys. He had a shift at the beginning of the period against Ryan McDonough. My gosh, I, I swear he had the puck on his stick for almost a minute. I mean, just 
doing Matt Barzell things, ragging it, going back and forth, using the edges. I mean, it's just fantastic. You know, I, sometimes you hear people, oh, Matt Barzell this, Matt Barzell that, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. Is there anybody, if you added up all the talent on every other player on the Islanders, could any of them do what he does, all cumulative? The answer is no. <laughs> He's just that good. He's just that good, Grumpy says. He's just that good. It's the truth. It's the truth. And I loved it when my boy Scott Mayfield scored. I just loved it. I know you're a honk for Scott Mayfield. I I, I was trying to find a meme that was funny that I could use there to represent, I'm sure, your love for that particular situation and that play. But uh, I didn't. Now, look at this here, ladies and gentlemen. This is, a, I mean, a little over a minute in. A little over a minute in to overtime. Nice jump there by Nick Letty, right? Oh, what do you know? Dump the puck down there. Dump it deep. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. Bailey missing it, missing it oh, again, getting Bailey, picked Bailey, up by Colburn. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. Bailey is pestering Colburn. Colburn no, he's not. Coleman, rewind it. Coleman had the puck, total control of the puck, and he shit the bed. He's got a total control. He passes it right to Bavillier. No one's harassing him. That's a That's a blown play by Coleman. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what. If Josh Bailey had done that, I would have been complimenting the other player. I would have been shitting all over Josh Bailey for turning it over. This is Coleman. Coleman has total control of the puck. He takes it away from Bailey. Nobody near him, and he dumps it right out front. What? Hey, and again, what were the keys of the series? When the Islanders have these chances to go ahead and make teams pay for mistakes that they make on the ice, they have to go ahead and make them pay. And right here we see a mistake made by Coleman. And what, is, what does Bavillier do? He makes him pay there for it. He puts that in the toy department where there's no way in hell Vasilevsky's going to save that, a no-doubter. And that forces there a game seven. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you could rewind that a little bit, I just want to show you something a little bit in the celebration there. What every good parent should do. Uh, uh, I'll tell you when to pause right there. Look at that guy jackknifing his kid up in the air, you know? I mean, you just like it. That's what your kids are for. Throw them on the ice, why don't you? <laughs> Flip them over the boards. Oh, man. I'll tell you one thing. For the fans, tell me that is not an excellent moment. Even if we lose Friday night, what a way to close the Coliseum. That's all I'll say. We, <sighs> of course, we hope it doesn't end here. But if it does, did this game not epitomize? Uh, yeah, did not epitomize the Islanders, their whole history in the Nassau Coliseum? Really? It's called Fort Nevelu's. For a reason, number one, unbelievable home record during that time period of that that span, but uh, the Islanders never say die. It's just it's what the mantra is there, the Islanders, and it's crazy to think that you know this. I, here it is: Game Seven is Game Seven, ladies and gentlemen. Anything can happen in Game Seven, especially with Kucherov out. Anything can happen. Um, but, it's a toss up. Yeah, uh, that's right. Anything can happen in Game Seven. Uh, but what did we do today, particularly? in the tail end of the second and third period, got the puck down low, pressured their defense, hit their defense, forced them into turnovers. That's what we have to do. I mean, it's not rocket science how to beat, how we have to play to beat Tampa Bay. We've been saying it since before the series started. When we play like that, we're in every game. When we don't, we don't have a shot. It's just that plain and simple. Kucherov going out helped, of course, but the fact that we played our game pressuring 
And it drove me crazy when I'm watching certain players on the power play again today where we kind of resort to that instead of dumping and chasing, I'm yelling at the TV, dump and chase, instead of just trying to do that little that little weak pass over the blue line and it almost come back to bite us again today. I mean, it's just frustrating. It's the same guys. It's the same guys over and over again. And you wonder why they drive me crazy because the same guys. Well, it's good to see that our power play from the regular season has found a way to emerge because, uh, man, oh, man, not, not not great on the power play here tonight, guys. A lot more passing, not enough shooting there on that. That always will be a head-scratcher that we've got Travis Ajak playing on the power play, neither here nor there. I mean, in the moment, guys, this is a huge win there for the Islanders. Um, <clears throat> game seven's on Friday. And again, I know for people who listen in, we did a special there where we allowed people to call in on uh, Monday because it was an eight to nothing blowout, and and people kind of wanted to go ahead and let some steam off riff a little bit. But uh, tonight we won't have the call in feature, but on Friday we'll have the call in. You know, win, lose, no matter what, we'll have their call in available there on Friday, guys. Um, but uh, grumpy. I mean, let me ask you this: what is your what's your confidence level? The Islanders go ahead and pull this out in seven games here. It depends on how – again, I saw in the tunnel, I saw the Islanders, I saw Tampa Bay, and I thought the Islanders were going to win tonight. Just just the look they had. Just the, the, the You can tell when the guys are coming out of the tunnel if they're ready for the game. We looked ready. Tampa looked okay too, but we looked really ready. And I'm like, okay, we're going to win today. I was a little bit concerned. We go down 2 nothing. But then our hero, Matt Barzell, magnificent Matthew, he comes through, sparks our team, even though Barry tried to lose it by putting the helicopter line back out there and by putting Travis Zajac on the power play of all people, by playing Letty and Bailey, the two little passing uh, the passing pals out there on the power play. They just won't shoot the damn puck. You know how bad it is when Eddie Olchuk, who doesn't watch any Islander game, says, you know, they're just – I can't believe they're so hesitant to shoot that puck. From the center of the ice, it opens everything up. He never watches any Islander games, not a one, okay? And if he sees it, he should just – you know what he should have said there when he said that? He should have followed with, oh, I know why. It's Bailey and Letty out there. God almighty. You can't you can't keep yourself there, grumpy old man. You can't see, see yourself there for mentioning there Bailey and Bailey, Letty, Brock Nelson, all your favorite whipping boys every damn time, grumpy. You know why? Because they keep on giving me the ammunition. That's why. And I'm going to continue to call them out as long as they continue to be weak. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, on to other news there, Grump. Because when you go on those tirades, you just kind of zone you out sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, oh, man, Grumpy. Grumpy on his same points. Um, I've heard him a million times. That being said, though, um, something I did not expect. Montreal Canadiens are a lot more of a real contender than I Anticipated. Uh, I really thought the week that they essentially had off after beating the Winnipeg Jets was going to allow them to kind of let things sink in and settle that, hey, you know, we've got a legitimate chance to make it to Stanley Cup finals. And I thought they're going to crumble under the pressure. Uh, right now, they're up three to two over the Vegas Golden Knights. And man, oh man, you want to talk about, uh, ooh, you want to talk about the Montreal Canadiens? That, that, uh, Suzuki and, uh, Cole, uh, Caulfield liners looking mighty, mighty strong out there on the ice. Amazing what happens when you give the young kids a chance. Amazing, isn't it? Just kind of incredible. Give the young guys who have 
extremely high upside, you give them a chance. You know what you got in the old geezers. They're only going to do what they can do. They're not going to, their game isn't going to change. It's going to be what it's going to be. The young guys give you a shot of adrenaline. They give you some offensive upside. Hmm, maybe we should give it a shot. I don't know. I sort of sure would have liked to see Oliver Wallstrom on that power play as opposed to Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. I can tell you that much. I don't, mind Kyle I don't mind Kyle Palmer in the power play. I'd rather definitely have Wallstrom over Zajac there. You're not going to see me complain about that. Who told you to look out for Montreal at the beginning? Do you remember? Do you remember? You kept on saying, no shot, no shot. And what did I say? Crump, 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 crump. You're the same person who said the Islanders in seven, the Islanders in 11, the Islanders in 11, the Islanders in 11. You didn't think the Islanders going to win one series this playoffs, okay? So keep that, keep, keep spouting that story elsewhere. I, I'm trying to give them good luck. It's worked so far. I'm going to stick with it. But you're the one. You totally, you totally disregarded Montreal. I said you should, you shouldn't totally disregard Montreal. Here's the thing. I thought it was going to catch up there with them. It hasn't. I, you know, this series isn't over. Just like our series isn't over. There's still a lot of hockey to be played out there on the ice. Uh, Montreal can go ahead and clinch their ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals tomorrow and uh, Friday. Friday, Islander fans. Friday. That's what we've all been waiting for. A chance to get the fifth. Get a chance to get a chance to get a ticket to get the fifth. I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. They're grumpy. Um, I will tell you this much. Again, tomorrow I know might be Montreal's game, but we go live there on our general sports podcast of TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It's more just sports based in general. It's not so much Islanders talk. It's again anything from MLB, NBA, uh, NFL. A soccer, hockey, uh, again, it is more just hot takes left and right to where we kind of get a chance there to spar grumpy old man and myself. So if you enjoy the content you see here on the Islanders channel there, make sure to check out the link in the description below for the TJ and the grumpy old man. It's nice that you waited 32 minutes in to mention uh, our podcast. I mean, you want to know why people don't subscribe? Because you wait till three hours into a podcast before you mention it. You're supposed to mention it right at the top. My wife even told me that. She's like, why doesn't TJ mention, uh, you know, to subscribe and like your podcast right at the top? That's what all the podcasters do, not TJ. And he said, grumpy old man, you brought it up. I don't want you to say that. Don't you? You mess it up when you do it. You do it all wrong. Well, hey, I, I, got a, I got a question for you, Grump. I'm going to change subjects here. You still think the Islanders aren't Stanley Cup competitors and contenders? Stanley Cup contenders was the. You still the, think they're not contenders? If they win Friday night, they are. Oh, you're freaking ridiculous. You're freaking ridiculous. Anyway, that's an easy bait and switch for me. Um, that being what's, said, the of, what's the name of this podcast? The Islanders Never Say Die podcast. And what should people do when they listen to it? We already hit that. Stop. Maybe you're old. Maybe your oldness doesn't remember or remind yourself. We already mentioned that earlier on, Grumpy. But you said no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You're gonna Grumpy. You need to go Grumpy. Maybe you need a nap, my friend. You're forgetting. You, you said that you just pumped the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man podcast, not this one. From now on, I'm from now on, I'm pumping up the podcast because you mess it up. Okay, sounds great, Grumpy. As we just got that clunky two minutes out of the way, thank you for that. I'm sure it might be good listening for some. We're moving right on there with our podcast, there, Grumpy. Um, game seven is a game where anything can happen. All it takes is one bounce. That's really all it is. I expect that to be an ultra-physical game. I expect both teams to be gripping their sticks extremely tight. 
even though Tampa might come out there with the mindset of, hey, we've been there, done that, we've won the Stanley Cup, you know, we've been the Eastern Conference Final after Eastern Conference Final, blah, blah, blah. I still think Game 7 is a different animal. Yeah, Kucherov, his health is uh, – I think that's a real determining factor in the game, to be honest with you. If he can't come back, that gives us an advantage, I feel. If he comes back, mm, I really wish they would have got point hurt too, and maybe Stamkos and Hedman and Vasilevsky. Then I would have really liked – and uh, uh, some of those other guys. I would have just liked to see that happen. Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. We need to see big production out of the second line. I mean, like we haven't we haven't seen a huge outburst out of them. I think for this series as a whole, I think the fourth line's played really well. Um, the third line, I'll tell you one thing. I was watching Pajot a few different times tonight. Oh man, I feel bad. Pajot's really banged up. Pajot is really injured out there. And I'm glad no Islander fans are jumping on saying, hey, Pejo, what are you doing this for? What are you doing that for? You know, what's this mistake for? What's that mistake for? Pejo is really banged up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, if you watch closely there to it, you'll just notice that he doesn't have the same pop, doesn't have the same vitriol out there on the ice, doesn't have the same energy. Uh, it's, it's noticeable. It's lower body. It's the lower body thing. I saw there was one play where he was going one against two, and he had position, and he just didn't have that extra gear. So I think it's definitely a lower body injury, but he's gutting through it. And that's what you have to do at this time of year. I mean, everybody's hurt. It's always like say, like I always say, it's a war of attrition. Uh, you know, the teams that are strong survive. If you're weak, you fall by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're grumpy old man. Um, How's, that for a cliche? How's that for a cliche? <laughs> Something you, well, I, you say this all the time on the podcast. It's not too cliche there for me. Uh, that being said, grumpy, I want your take. Game seven, Friday. What do you what do you expect the outcome to be, Grumpy? Uh, I'm going to pick the Islanders to win. Holy I'm going to pick them to win. Holy shit! Alert the media. Grumpy old man has now selected the Islanders to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game Seven, winning and advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. But I reserve, uh, you know, I reserve the right to change my mind as I, it gets closer. Oh yeah, so you reserve there, like you know, at you know, is there's one second left there in the third period? You hey, you could change your mind, right? No, no, no. It's I, I think a lot depends on Kucherov. It really does, and how we come. I can almost tell right at the beginning of the game which team is ready to go. I mean, you can you can see it if we come out like we did tonight, and I thought we came out that you know what we're desperation mode, right? And we played like that today. If we play like we played today, we have a real legitimate chance to beat them. It's tough to beat them, though. It is. And here's another thing worth mentioning. We talked about this beforehand and last podcast, and we'll bring it up one more time just for new listeners and for those who may have forgotten. Not a single team has beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning in back-to-back -back games in the playoffs since they were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2019. They're Stanley Cup champs for a reason. They just are. And you know that uh, even though it didn't happen today, uh, Vasilevsky's last three shutouts or has had three shutouts in game-clinching games in the last three playoff series. That was, the finals that was last year and the first three rounds this year. That was a little clunky, but you're saying they're in elimination games. Vasilevsky has shut out his opponent the last three times he's faced a uh, elimination game. Yes. 
Well, or was a clincher game, a game they could clinch. Today was a little bit different. Didn't happen today. Okay. Well, I will tell you this much. You know, the Islanders, hey, I've, I've said this here, and I'll say it again. If the Islanders win and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't care who they play in the Stanley Cup Finals. I, I think they're going to win. I don't care who they're playing. I really better don't. Hope, better hope they don't play Montreal. <laughs> you and freaking Montreal, Grump. You and Montreal. We'll start getting to some of the comments here. Eli saying, you got to love the announcers spoiling the fun during the overtime celebration by saying, oh, look, the fans are throwing things on the ice. They're endangering their team. NBC stinks. I mean, I don't know what they were throwing on the ice. Neither did the NBC guys. So, I mean, I can't comment. Was it were they plastic bottles? I mean, I don't know what they were. There was an awful lot of them. I don't know what they're throwing out there on the ice. I will tell you this much. The NBC broadcast was trying to push that, oh, the Islanders are getting away with a lot of cross-checking tonight. The Islanders are getting away with a lot of this tonight. The Islanders are getting away uh, with a lot of these, uh, you know, rough-and-tumble type plays there tonight that, uh, you know, just weren't called in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. We saw a lot of that tonight, guys. We saw a lot of the covering up there by the NBC telecast crew. I know they didn't make a big production number out of uh, uh, Maroon lifting up Martin Stick to his own face and getting a two-minute penalty. They didn't say that. They didn't call the numerous cross-checks on Casey Zizekas in a scrum down in the corner. They didn't call the cross-checks on Matt Berzell in the corners. They didn't They didn't call any of those either. I mean, as long as the referees are consistent, I don't have a problem with it. But for the broadcasting network to bring it up is just foolish because they're just picking into – they're cherry-picking to uh, push a narrative, and that drives me crazy. Well, they want Tampa. And again, Tampa sells. Tampa is the best team in the league. Tampa sells. They sell their viewership. They're a very, very talented team. Uh, you know, you, we might look back on this time period and say, hey, Tampa is a modern day dynasty based off of what they're able to do. You know, we might be able to look back and say, we got to witness there this dynasty, the Tampa Bay Lightning during, you know, the late, you know, 2010s there, early 2020s. Um, that being said, yeah, I can never stand when they go ahead and make those statements, just trying to go ahead and push the narrative. But moving right along there, grumpy old man, Master Lego Yoda says, oh, yeah, baby, we just won't go away. Let's go, Islanders. Let's go. Absolutely there. Uh, Bucks, Skull Gang in the house said, congratulations, TJ and Grumpy. Um, and then also Master Lego Yoda says there, uh, also I hate Sergachev. He's one of the most dirty players in the league. And what you're talking about right here was when Sergachev went ahead and punched Cal Clutterbuck, unprovoked punched Cal Clutterbuck in the face. Nothing was called. Ref looking right at it, just completely omitted. He almost pulled a Chris Lee there special. Uh, it, that, I, you know, I don't think Sergachev's a dirty player. I think he's a little bit of a hothead. You can get him if you get under his skin to take bad penalties and to make poor decisions. That's something that we haven't done enough of this series. That was point three, uh, by the way. And But I don't think he's a dirty player. Uh, those punches to the face in playoffs, they happen all the time and nothing gets called. So now if you would have saw somebody go back at Sergachev and throw a punch, they both would have went off. But they're not going to send somebody off for that. They never, they very, very rarely do. Here's the thing. I'm not a big Sergachev fan. I, think, I don't think he's dirty. I think he's chippy. I think he's chippy as shit. You know, some players are really chippy. We have chippy players on our team. Uh, you know, I, I you hate playing against chippy players, but you love chippy players playing there for you. Um, Eli also said, we finally did what Grumpy's been telling us. Finish our checks. It's not a freaking secret. It really isn't. It gave us control of the game. 
That third period uh, was all us in the third. All us in the third. Adam S. said, what are you going to do when the New York Islanders go wild on you? It's, it's what you're going to do, brother. Hold on, hold on. I read exactly how it is, Grumpy, so don't tell well, me. Here's the thing, but you should know how to say it. That's Hulk Hogan right there. It's not what are you going to do. It's what you're going to do when Islander Mania is running wild on you, brother. You are the most freaking finicky son of a gun out there, Grumpy. I did it with a little bit of enthusiasm, and you said, what are you going to do when the New York Islanders go out? That's not how I said it, Grumpy. Come on. Give me a break, huh? You said it like Josh Baylor said. Now, I want to just say one thing. Hulk Hogan has been in the house in Tampa before in clinching games doing what you're going to do when the bolts run wild on you. I want to see if he's there Friday night. He lives in town. We'll see. That's bad news for the Islanders when he comes out. I'm just saying that. Uh, Buck School Gang in the house will say congratulations. Islanders won the series of the Bolts. They have no chance without Kucherov. We can only hope. We can only hope. Thanks, Bucks. Uh, is it Brian? I can't. It's Dan. Dan. Dan R. Dan R. said, hey, Grumpy and TJ, holy shit, what a win. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. We actually showed fight and came back when we were down. I truly think that uh, the shot we have a shot in game seven. Tampa is not used to this. Mm, I'm not so if you would have if last year that would have happened, perhaps Tampa knows how to win now. When you win a Stanley Cup, you kind of know what it takes. Uh, but I'm not ruling us out. I, I think the Kucherov injury, if he can't come back or if he's you know 60% or whatever, uh, I think that's a big advantage for us. Really big. Remember, they're skating, they were skating a, a forward down the whole game. Yes, they were. And again, that does wear on you over time there. He also said, I love the throwing of the cans at the end. It pumped me up. I completely disagree with the announcers. It's not like they were throwing glass bottles. Empty cans won't hurt players. Yeah, I, like I said, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if they were. There were an awful lot of cans, though. I mean. There were an awful lot of cans. So, you know, I, like I said, I don't know if they were. I mean, I don't know if they were Budweiser cans. I don't know what they were. My eyesight wasn't good enough to discern what type of things were being thrown on the ice i don't know but there was an awful lot of them got a comment from eddie saying what a game boys i tell you what just the third period and overtime fantastic at least josh bailey didn't score the overtime goal <laughs> eddie also said i've been patiently waiting on bavillier and there he is yeah he's been quiet this series. actually the whole second line's been quiet this series um and it was nice to see him show up because when Anthony, you know, what's the thing about Anthony Bavillier? Man, he scores in bunches when he scores. He's a streaky goal scorer for certain. Again, we've got a lot of guys out there on our team that are streaky goal scorers. That's for certain. Again, when you look at Everly, usually for the most part, another streaky goal scorer. Um, hey, wouldn't it be nice to go ahead and get, you know, Anthony Bavillier on a streak? It was an excellent job being in the right place at the right time, and he buried that shot there. Bucks Gold Gang in the house will say, congratulations again, Islanders. Deserved. Uh, we'll be rooting for you guys in the Stanley Cup final. Hey, Bucks Gold Gang in the house, is the, he's got the mindset the Islanders are, are through. I'm not going to be as bullish there on it. I think the Islanders can win game seven, but you know, game seven is game seven. Anything can happen. Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. That, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not Here's the thing. As Ric Flair would say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, they're the man. Woo! Eddie saying Mayfield, MVP, question marks. Here's okay. the thing. If the Islanders if the Islanders win the cup, it's going to be Matt Barzal's the MVP. 
There's no doubt in my mind. Again, we're getting really far ahead of ourselves right now. But what he's done, like when you look at what he did to will our team forward to win tonight's game in the elimination game is huge. Um, and he really turned it on there against Boston. I, here's the thing. Matt Barr is also a big game player. I can tell you one thing. He will show up game seven. Don't yeah. expect there, oh, Matt Barr is all to shrink in a moment. That's a, that's a kid who shows up in the big moment. He does, always has. Look at the guys who've been the really clutch performers in this series. The big game players, Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield, Matt Barzell. They've been the big, they've been the big time players. They have. Can you say anybody else has really shown up as been a big time player in the series? I can't. The fourth line. Yeah. Okay. And I'll give you, I'll give you the fourth line. I'll give you the fourth line. They've uh they've been on the ice for some goals against. But in the last couple of in the uh, well not the last couple of wins, they really came to play. They set the tone with the physicality. I just wish, and you saw Matt Barzell throwing checks today. Josh Bailey almost threw a check today. Then he remembered who he was and he eased off, and he didn't hit the guy. He really could have hit a guy behind the net, and he just didn't do it. Just well, you know, he's he is what he is. I shouldn't I shouldn't even get mad at him because I should just expect it from him. Here's the thing, right? Yeah, that's a good point, Grumpy. You always say you've come to this moment, this epiphany, um, you know, this moment of euphoria. Oh, I don't even say euphoria. This moment of clairvoyance. It's where you say, hey, uh, you know, I don't expect Leo Komarov to score goals out there. He's Leo Komarov. He's limited with what he can do. You should be at the same expectation, too. Josh Bailey's never going to be a guy who throws a lot of checks. He's never going to be an over overly physical guy. That's just something you should have come to terms with by now, Grumpy. I've come to here's the thing. I haven't come to the ter terms with the coach dressing them every night. That's my problem. Gosh. They wouldn't dress if I was coach. Gosh. Sorry. It's just freaking happening. Stop. Stop. You're freaking ridiculous. Adam S. They're saying this felt like playoff hockey, unlike any other game. It feels wonderful. How great is it to have fans in the stands? How great is it to have fans in the stands? And I'm going to tell you what. The TV broadcast does not do justice to how loud those people were. I think they they tone the noise down. I really do. Oh, for certain they do. I really do. They try to. I believe they try to manipulate the noise there of what what actually shines there through. They want to make sure they can be heard there. The telecast can be heard, and uh, that's one of those things. If you go to the Coliseum, you watch a game live. Holy crap! It's much louder than how it's displayed on TV. That's for certain. Yeah, without a doubt. Gotcha. Uh, Theodore A said, best freaking fan base in the league, hands down. If we win, the cup fans, uh, the cup fans are over the boards on the ice. That's what it was like in 1980. People, people, everybody was on the ice. Fans, players, TV broadcasters, everybody was out there on the ice. It was great. What a film saying, Islanders never stay die. You bet your ass. What a game. What a comeback. What a comeback. Down 2 nothing to Tampa Bay. 2 nothing. Matt Barzell. I don't want to hear any crap about Matt Barzell. I don't, I don't, I just don't want to hear it. His let me tell you something. He's not afraid to mix it up with people. He saw Kucherov come in. He did that reverse check, the reverse check on him, knocked his little shoulder out of whack. Off he went. Bye-bye, Coochie. Coochie coo. See you later, fella. Yeah, funny. Uh, Alexander saying, "Oh my god! Oh my goodness, guys! Oh my gosh, guys! What a game!" TJ, you were right again. Hey, I, I said it. 
uh, even though it definitely was scary there during the game, I said, there's no way the Islanders lose game six. I said this after, even after they got blown out, before they got blown out, I didn't care what what the series had looked like. I said this, there's no way the storytale ending of the Coliseum is going to end with a loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning at home in the Coliseum. I just didn't think that was a possibility. And sure enough here, we go ahead and win. I said, put, take your take, take your money there to, to uh, DraftKings. Take your money to Vegas. I don't care where you take it. The Islanders were not losing game six at home in the Coliseum. Well, I hope that no one bet their house on anything that TJ says because I bet you were sweating bullets in that second period when it's 2 nothing. That's all I'm saying. I, hey, you know what? Uh, you were right this time, TJ. And like I say, even a – the dog shines on a lazy dog's ass once the a day. Sun, the sun shines on – Jesus, Grumpy, you must be tired, Grumpy. The sun shines on a lazy dog's ass twice Yeah, a day. that's right. Something like that, yeah. Oh, I was going to use the blind squirrel finding the nut, but I used that the last podcast, so I was going to do something different. Goodness gracious. Adrian B., Grumpy. Usually oh, say, what do you say when Adrian B. comments in? Yo, Adrian, we did it. Oh, Adrian, we did it. Tom White there saying, game seven, fellas, let's go Islanders. Could you ask for anything more? I mean, really? You're, uh, the game is, uh, is on your stick next on Friday night, fellas. Here's here's something, too, we didn't really have a chance to talk much about. Lou Lamarillo won general manager of the year. We'll talk more about that in the offseason. There's no point of derailing a podcast with me bringing up something like that and Grumpy going berserk all over the place. We'll talk more about that in the podcast because I think I have overarching issues. But uh, Lou Lamarillo named general manager of the year, and the Islanders are in game seven against the best team in the NHL. Uh, here's the thing: you couldn't ask for a better performance and a better and a better result in the playoffs there by you know our New York Islanders. All right, I won't talk too much about Lamarillo winning GM of the year, second year in a row. But as everyone knows, those are awards that are voted for regular season, not playoffs. There's no way he should have won that award. No way. I can't even believe he was nominated. Honestly, with some of the other GMs who turned their teams around this year. And it's a regular season award. It's not a playoff award. So everybody who says, oh, well, Palmieri's done this in the playoffs. Well, it's voted on at the end of the year, not after the playoffs. At the end of the regular season. Yeah. KC, they're saying, let's go Islanders forever. Ooh, you know it. Eve, our friend there, Eve, and I won't be able to pronounce your last name. Eve Leggin. Eve Leggin. I don't know. <sighs> Eve saying, yes, yes, yes. Keep it up, boys. All love tonight. No doubt about it. Mm -mm -mm. And again, Alexander is saying, this team is truly an inspiration. The 21 Islanders, I feel, are destined. I got a gut feeling. This team remind me so much of the 93 run, but a better team. No, the 93, the 93 team had way more talent than this team does. Way more talent. Way infinitely more. And you forget about the 93 team. Pierre Turgeon was knocked out. I mean, that was a huge loss for us. I mean, no. The, 90, the 93 team had way more talent. No. Hey, what do I tell you? It's not always about talent that wins you Stanley Cups and wins you playoff series. That's for certain, Grumpy. Uh, Rusty S. there saying, yes, 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 let's go Islanders. Phil M. also was saying he was excited, geeked up, couldn't wait for the show tonight. Our friend Robin Stewart said, did you see the fight in this team? And the back half of the third, they were on their toes. Hey, 
they never say die. This is a team that never gives up. They never concede. True. Did you see how Tampa Bay stuck up for Stamkos at the end of the second period? Do you ever see our team do that? Do you see how they went after Barzell to start the game for what happened the previous game? Do you ever see our team do that? The answer is no. And if we lost, I was going to make really a bigger deal about that. But since we won, I just think I just mention it in passing and move on. God almighty. Oh, William C. there saying the fact that the Islanders had a chance to bounce back, had this bounce back effort after game five, man, the boys have to feel good about themselves. It's one game. One game. One game wins you the series. One game brings you that ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals where you have the chance there to fight for the fifth Stanley Cup in franchise history. The drive four five. Mark S. there saying, let's go Islanders. What a snipe. What a win. What a game. You guys think Mayfield will be fined. For what? I don't know what he'd possibly be fined for. The cross check there to Kucherov. I'm telling you, you don't think you don't think it was the injury to the you don't think the injury was no. the check. I'm here. Here's the thing. I'm letting you know something. That's what John Cooper said in the post game, and that's what they were talking about there. Those are the questions being revolved around again. He didn't really he provided non-answer answers, but that's where all the speculation. It's the cross check by Scott Mayfield, not the reverse spin around and hit by by Matt Barzal. Well, all I know is when he got hit with by Barzal, he was he was moving that shoulder funny. That's all I'm going to say. That came the first. That came right off the bat. Right off the bat, that happened. You want to stick? You're so entrenched in your point. Anyway, moving right on there. John B said, "Live to fight another day." Game seven is going to be interesting to say the least. Tampa Bay will bring their A game for sure. Let's see which Islanders team shows up to face them. If they bring their A game, we're going to lose. If they bring their A game, we're not beating them. What I'm hoping is with if Kucherov is out. Maybe they're bringing their B game. And maybe we, what what Dr. Grumpy has prescribed as the prescription to win, dump the puck, run the defense, get ultra-physical with them, get them off their game, run Sergachev. Those are the things you have to do. You want to win this? That's what you must do. If we don't do that, if we do our little flips and turn the puck over and aren't forceful enough, we're going to get beat. But if we play what Dr. Grumpy suggests, we're very capable of winning and moving on to the finals. Dr. Grumpy, John M. saying, Grump, I believe Bailey calls that overtime turnover. Nope, 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 absolutely not. He had the puck on his stick, made a move. Then he saw Bavillier coming. He thought he was going to pass to the center ice. It gets picked off of Bavillier. That was that was Coleman making a really bad play. Bailey was hanging on to the boards after he got stripped by Coleman. Nope. Stop. Stop. Anytime, anytime you mention Bailey doing something good, it triggers Grumpy Old. Not true. Not true. If he would have made the play, I would have said it. But he didn't. He didn't make the play. Robin Stewart said, gotta love those Jags. Gotta love the Jags. Maddie and the Jags. Darren Z. Let's go as well. Frank K saying the greatest freaking game I've ever seen. End of story. Mm, not for me. Not for me. It was a good game, but it's not the best game I've ever seen in any sport. And certainly not the best game I've ever seen the Islanders for an Islanders team. We got here a comment there from Alexander. He said, I got to admit it, guys. I was a bit defeated after Sorelli scored the second goal. Yeah, that weak goal through the five hole was like, ugh. Man, that's a that, that's just not a goal you want to give up. 
Big time goalies make those. I mean, you got to make that save there, Varlamov. Got to do it. Didn't hurt us tonight, but that's what we're. He's solid. He's solid. He's not great. Eddie saying maybe that eight to nothing loss is what we needed. No, I'm not going to say that. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we just have to play our game. Play your game. Play your game. Who said that, TJ? That's uh, what the hell is his name there from uh, Miracle on Ice? It's uh, I can't remember the coach's name. It's late. Hey, hey, guess what, Grump? I've had a long work week and it is late. Yeah, so okay, no, no, you're just, you're just, you're just hold on, hold on. go ahead, Grump. It, it was uh, Herb Brooks played by Kurt Russell in the movie uh, Miracle. Yes. I do remember what movie it was from. I can remember a lot there. Couldn't remember her books' name. I remember he did die in that uh, car accident. Uh, yeah. It's weird the things you do remember about her books. I'm like, I couldn't remember his name. Late, it's late tonight, Grump. Give give me a break. It's, it's too bad, you know. He coached the Rangers, and they were really good for a number of years. The only thing was they couldn't beat the Islanders. Otherwise, they could have won a cup under him for certain. But you know what? They couldn't. The Islanders just better than everybody. Couldn't beat the Islanders. Mm. Tom White saying, we're going to need a total team effort on Friday. No passengers allowed. Wallstrom needs to be in the lineup. Komarov is dead weight. Barzal was outstanding tonight. Yeah. I To me, Wallstrom's got to play the last game. It's not going to happen, but you need you need to have somebody who can put the puck in the net. You just do. I, I, I don't know why he continues to roll these same guys out there. Uh, Anthony P. saying, got to earn the right to play another day. Well, we did that today. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, we did. Again, never say die. Darren Z. David D. saying, what a win. And uh, Rusty Spooner saying, so happy Bavillier got it tonight. He desperately needed that one. Yeah. when Like I said, when Bavillier's hot, watch out. And if he could, you know, if he comes out and scores a goal early, on Friday night, watch out. Watch out. Yeah. Robert. That could be enough. Uh, seriously, if he scores a goal early on Friday night, that could propel us to a win and a cup title. It really could because when he gets hot, he's hot. Robin Stewart saying, not the greatest game I've seen, but I'm a 70s fan. Yeah, same here. I mean, it was a, it was a great win, uh, but not nowhere close to my top 10. Frankie J saying, I love you all. We love you too there, Frankie. Um, and then Sal P said, I never thought that uh, that a Mike Bossy type of snipe would come off the stick of Scott Mayfield. What a freaking shot. Let's go Islanders. Yeah. I mean, Scott Mayfield, it put a smile on my face. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel vindicated over and over again. When I see my boy Scott Mayfield perform the way he's performed in these playoffs. Fred W. saying, do you believe in miracles? Yes, 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 yes. Hey, he is also saying there Mayfield's a keeper. Same thing Robin Stewart also saying there Mayfield is getting better and better. He's a guy, that goal right there, if you had any question, any doubt, you know, hey, do we go ahead and protect Scott Mayfield this year in the expansion draft? I mean, the playoffs alone, I think, you know, uh, is an indication that, yes, you should go ahead and make sure you protect them. Uh, that goal right there, I think, cements <laughs> cements that as well. Yeah. From my perspective, he gets protected. Is he the greatest defenseman of all time? No. 
Is he the best defenseman on our team? No. Is he a warrior? Yes. Is he a guy you can depend on in clutch situations? Yes. Does he make $1.45 million a year while Nick Letty makes 5.5 or 6? Yeah. That's to me, that's the difference right there. You need to shave money off your salary cap. Mayfield is a much better value than Nick Letty. That's why you have to make those decisions. Sal P saying, Grump, can you can uh, can you even imagine what Barzal would do with legit NHL wingers there on his flanks? The guy's been ha- the guy's been amazing hands and can skate better than most. Let's hope that he takes us on the shoulders the rest of the way. Here's the thing. If they had a little bit more offensive pop there on that first line, I'm going to sound like one of those fans that I really don't want to. If we had Anders Lee on the first line, he was healthy. Again, I know he's not. He's been injured you know, for the majority of the year, including all the playoffs. Could you imagine the offensive production we'd have there on that first line? Because I think, I think, I think Matt, Matt Barzal has taken a huge step forward in his game this year as a whole. He has. Uh, that said, could you imagine what he'd be like with uh, Artemi Panarin on that on his line? Because I think he would have been tailed. I know he didn't get him, but that's the type of player that you would see uh, a quant- another quantum leap jump from Matt Barzell, someone who can skate and move and get to open spots to receive passes. Panarin and Barzell would have been fantastic together, just fantastic. Gotcha, gotcha. Remember, Lee doesn't really fit in to what Matt Barzell does. He doesn't. Anders Lee is much better out there on the ice than Leo Komarov there. No doubt about it. But you know he doesn't – you know that he does not uh, play the same style as Matt Barzell. He just doesn't. Joe Jay there saying the NHL series are all about to be triggered. Uh, Tampa is triggered to win game seven. I hope not. Oh, goodness. Um, Tom White said, you think our power play sucks? Tampa Bay has so much power. They have so much firepower and can and they can score in their power play. Yeah, Vegas' power play has looked hideous. Okay. Awful. Why? Why? Well, because they're not dumping and chasing. They're trying to carry the puck along the zone, and you see how many careless turnovers they have trying to get those zone entries. I mean, like I've watched a few of those Vegas games. Man, oh, man, they can't get anything going on the power play. They have trouble even getting in the zone. It's because they're not doing the simple things. They're trying to overcomplicate things, thinking that they could just go ahead and do the same exact style that works in the regular season in the playoffs. It doesn't work like that on the power play all the time. Montreal has been historically good on the penalty kill in the playoffs. Historically good. And Carey Price is playing like when he was league MVP. That's why they can't score on the power play. He's been that good, and that that penalty kill has been fantastic. All playoffs it has been. And then uh, Aaron G. there saying Carey Price has been goaded. Yeah, I mean, he's playing outstanding hockey. Um, I hate that. I'm not, I'm not going to rip on our last because everyone doesn't. Aaron, I'm not ripping on you. But I hate how the word goat is thrown around because it's like everybody's a goat. You realize the greatest of all time is like one. That's one. It's not like this guy's a goat, this guy's a No, no. When you see the greatest of all time, it's one. Just one. Just one. Not more than one. Just one. Well, that's again, that's how people refer to it as now these days, uh, grumpy. I know those are the little things that make the old man, the grumpy old man, the triggered. It, well, it drives me crazy because it's stupid. You know, hey, who's the GOAT 
first of all, why do we have to abbreviate everything? I mean, can't you just say greatest of all time? I mean, is and I'm not I'm not picking on anyone who does it. Uh, you know, well, if you want to put greatest of all time, just put a picture of Tom Brady up there. That's all you need, Rick. All right, we're moving on. Enough, enough, enough. I can't wait to I can't let you go down another Brady hole. Stop. Uh Brennan G there said, What are you talking about? My team has character. They've always had character. It's the one thing they have in spades. Yes. I that's that's from a movie. I forget what it was, though. Oh, but you're supposed to be the movie expert. I, yeah, I, I for whatever I don't remember what that movie what movie that's from. Darren Z saying. Grumpy, upgrade the light switch. Why? Why? If you can give me a valid reason why I should change my light switch, I'll consider it. It's just a covering of the electrical uh, out uh, stuff that's going on back there. As long as I can flip it up and down, I'm happy. I did change a couple of light switches when they went bad. But if something's working, why change it? you sound exactly like Barry Trotz. Hey, we've won. Hey, don't change it, my friend. No need to change. Grumpy, you and Barry have a lot more things in common than you lead on. Uh, well, the whole thing is uh, a light switch is a little bit different. It's like I'm not getting a fancy. I don't have myself a Matt Barzell type light switch that, you know, if I look at it, it flips up by itself and is able to turn all the house lights on. I have to manually do it. <laughs> so if you're thinking to yourself, you know, a map bars all light switch would be one that you can look on. It automatically reads your mind of when it needs to be flipped on and off. What type of light switch do you have right now behind you? Darren Z, what type of light switch is that for grumpy old man? It's a what, manual job right there. Who Who is that? What type of player would that be? What type of light switch player would that be, grumpy? Probably some other ham and egg or hack. Here's the thing. If it was a, if it was a Josh Bailey uh, light switch, it wouldn't be able to flip on or down all by itself. It would need somebody else to do it for him. Well, I, it didn't make sense, Grump, but you, you missed out. I gave you I gave you a prime opportunity to slam a jag like you like to do, but you missed out. You whiffed on it, Grump. You missed it. Not really. Not really. Okay. Robin Stewart also said jags 11, lightning 11. Here's the thing. Hey, hey you know. It should be. On it should be. It should be. Uh, Jags five, Lightning five, because that way we have the Islanders, the Jags in 11 means we win six to five. No, that's how many wins they have in the playoffs. Is what oh, said. okay. Moving okay. right along there, George saying, what an incredible comeback. This team has tons of heart. There's Without no, a doubt. Without a doubt. There's no way you can ever question the heart that this team has. That is no. for certain. Uh, and you know, here's the thing. I go into these – I go when we were losing. I'm like, ah, shit, season's over. Let's blow the team up. You know, we want to get better. And then they go and come back and win. It's like, man, we can win the cup. You know, that's that's when you're a fan. That's what it does to you, right? It's like the ups and the downs are really all over the place. And I'm like, man, I think we can win the cup now. Now, if we get rolled on Friday night, I'm going to say we got to blow the team up. I'm going to give you that prediction right now. Grump, I told you, you're like Jekyll and freaking Hyde. Anytime the Islanders do well, hey, I'm happy and all. You know, it's like uh, you're all happy. You got a little smile on a little bit when the Islanders do poorly. That's it. Blow the whole team up. Nuke it. Barry Trotz, fire him on the spot. Lou Lamarillo, retire. Yeah, you know, 
uh, everything. Get rid of half the team. The only people I'm keeping are Matt Barzal, uh, you know, Matt Barzal's uh, equipment manager and uh, whoever sharpens his skates. Those are the only people we're keeping on this team. You know, let me tell you something. Matt Barzell's skate guy is very important to the team. I'm just going to tell you that. You know he's got deep grooves in those skates. He knows just what to do to make him sensational like that. Now, have you done your homework on Jekyll and Hyde? I have or not. Did you not do it? Yeah, there's a shock. <laughs> uh, Rusty Spooner there saying, I was talking uh, with Coach French about that. Uh, the Habs did uh, we have to do – or. The Habs did what we have to do. Let the youth be. Let's go Islanders. Um, That's what I'd say. Play the young guys. They can surprise you. They give you that burst. How would it be if Nick Suzuki, and we play Montreal, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield light us up and all the old guys, you know, have to carry them on their shoulders? I mean. here Here's the thing. I think there's no way in hell. That they, be, I, I just think there's no way. I'm still saying it. I still think there's no way Montreal beats us. I think our defense will be overpowering there against Montreal. We play, you know, we both play those boring styles of hockey that the NHL would love to see in, in the playoffs and the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, the NHL does not want to see us in Montreal in the finals. I'm using I'm using air quotes for people who are, are only listening to it and not watching the video. I'm moving right along there. Oh, and Jay, they're saying grumpy. Let's. Freaking go. Let's go, Islanders. Absolutely. I'm ready. I'm, I'm already ready for Friday night. I'm ready. I, I, I got to go to work tomorrow and Friday, but man, oh man, I, you know, I, I'll be able to get through the work week just a little bit easier. You know, and I'm looking forward to that Friday even more. Uh, Robin Stewart there saying also, uh, since game two, he's been playing in pain, talking there about John Gabriel Pajot. That's right. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of those things, you know, his, and just as you say here, his health is a big factor. We talked about the guys who are indispensable in this team. Matt Barzal is one of them. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot is another one of those guys who are indispensable to this team. Um, I think it's incredible that uh, I think his injury is pretty serious. Like I said, to me, he looks like he's about 80% out there. Uh, he just, he just can't skate like he normally does. And then you see Kucherov go off with a little shoulder boo-boo and, uh, all of a sudden he can't even manage to show up. I mean, that tells you about the toughness of both players. Mm -hmm. That's right. Kucherov. I'm saying you're soft. Holy you know, I got no problem with saying that, you know, he's the guy. <laughs> that little clip i'm glad i don't know who i can't remember off the top of my head who tagged me in it that clip was hilarious i, I even though again like you went off saying god this guy sucks this guy sucks you know it's your typical mo to do that grump that little clip i watched about three or four times and every single time i watched that clip i died laughing i i that was one of the funniest things i think you've ever done on the podcast grump i don't think it was even close to the funniest thing i've ever done on this podcast uh, so that's that, but you know, Kucherov, you know, he's a guy who likes to take some cheap shots at people. He's been known to do that, do some sneaky, dirty stuff occasionally. And he likes to dive a little bit. So when a guy like that gets hurt, I really don't have any sympathy for him whatsoever. That's what they should have done early in the series. You want, you want to, you want to beat a good team, take their best players out. I'll tell you what, Matt Barzell is way tougher than he is way tougher. Matt Barzal is a guy who's tough. He's feisty as shit. He's tough as nails. That's a guy you cross-check in the back of the head, and he'll go out there, and he wants to go ahead and do anything he can to slam you right when you're not looking the same exact way. He's a guy I'd hate to have 
play hate to play against, but I'd love to have on my team. I would hate to play against a guy like Matt Marcel. He'd piss me off to no end. But the fact that he's an Islander makes me love him. I I don't think there's anything wrong with anything he does in the game. I, here's the thing. He never starts being chippy, but he's a guy where if you give him, if you pull a hangnail on him, he's going to give a uh, like a, use a machete on you. So don't mess with him. Yeah, Mr. Billy 2000 said, "Who on our team needed to score uh the most uh going into today? Eberly and Bavillier. And they're streaky, especially Bavillier. Danger. Danger Will Robinson. Danger. Danger. I don't know what that is. What's that, Kobe? Oh, gosh. It was the robot from Lost in Space. Okay. Oh, right off my head. Mr. Billy 2000 said, what was your best game uh, all series, all playoffs there, Grumpy? If you're thinking, what was the best game you've ever watched? Um, the cup-winning game with Philadelphia. That had everything. Fist fights. Bobby Nyshaw, I can't tell you how many times he was in the box in that game. Taking the four to two lead, losing the lead in uh, regulation four four, and then the goal, the goal that gave us our first cup victory. To me, that's the biggest. That was the biggest, most exciting game ever. Uh, there were so many. My gosh, the Rangers against the Islanders when Kenny Morrow scored in overtime. That was man. That might that that might have been the greatest playoff game I ever saw. But it gets lost because it wasn't in the finals. It was in the semis. And Herb Brooks was the coach of that Rangers team, I believe. Uh, you know, I've seen some other teams have great games, but man, those two just really, really stand out. Just being great games uh, from beginning to end, just fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. And I'm not objective. I'm not objective. I really am not. I mean, I've seen other teams have really great games. I'm going to tell you what. The Tampa Bay-Florida series, game one, uh, was spectacular as well. Just fantastic hockey. Rusty Spooner there said, uh, I'm sad Pajot was hurt, but he's a dog. I'll tell you, that's a, yeah, that's a guy who goes out there. It doesn't matter how bad he's banged up. He's going to do anything he can to put you know, his life there on the line for the, you know, the betterment of the team. And you know, you got, We have a lot of players for the Islanders that are like that and they take the same exact attitude there of that. Yeah. Um, he's hurt. He's playing through it. It's obvious he's hurt, uh, and he's still twice as fast as uh, Zajac and Komarov. Uh, and then Michael P. there said, I freaking hate the NBC schmucks. Yeah, they're not – I mean, in their defense, they don't watch any Islander games. How often are the Islanders even on NBC Sports during the season? Not too often, right? They're not exciting. They're not fun to watch. Uh, I think that Forslund. I would like to see Forslund call our games, honestly, because he has. I think he has some respect for us. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, and matter of fact, he's going to be the Kraken's new uh, TV guy. He's leaving Carolina, but I always felt that he showed the Islands respect when he was an announcer. So I mean, you got to like that, and I, I've always liked him as an announcer. Moving right along there, uh, Brian P. said, it's amazing how this team wins. They just gave up 12 straight goals to Tampa. If you take it back there to game four there in the third period, all of game five and the start game six here, gave up 12 straight goals to Tampa. And somehow we're tied at three games apiece. They're like a virus you can't get rid of. Okay. 
You know, and I'm glad that Brian said that because I was thinking earlier today I was going to draw a comparison to something, another sports championship from yesteryear, uh, but I forgot about it. But now this triggered me. And it was when 1960 World Series, the New York Yankees were playing the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. And I didn't look up the information, but the Yankees absolutely blew them out in every game that they won. And it came down to game seven, and the Yankees, I believe, lost 10 to nine on a Bill Mazeroski home run. But I think if you looked at the series, the Yankees had like, I don't know how many runs they scored, 65 or something like that. And Pittsburgh had like 24. I mean, it wasn't even close. And that's kind of what this reminds me of. And what does it show? That a team that is really outclassed by a superior uh, superior organization can still win. And that's what I'm hoping happens Friday night. Oh, goodness. He gives him that gives him that backhanded comment there. Uh, moving right along there. Uh, Rusty Spooner said, Grumpy is like me 110%. TJ and Grumpy are like peanut butter and jelly, though. Perfect balance. Let's go, Islanders. Uh, he says that Tampa Bay is not the best. Give us $20 million over the cap. Well, if they gave us an extra $20 million over the cap, you know who we'd have? We'd have guys like Scott Niedermeyer and Scott Stevens playing for us because Lewis and Ken Danico, he'd be signing them out of retirement. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, Tampa didn't do anything illegal. That's all I'm going to say. If they don't like the rules, they can change them. That's the one thing I've always said. It's on the NHL to make sure that that uh, those rules and loopholes are not available. I don't blame a team for taking advantage of the rules that are out there. Never have, never will. It's on the NHL, not the team. Hey, if the Islanders did it, I'd be happy with it. It's unfortunate that we didn't have the opportunity to do that as much. That moving, that being said, moving right along there, Grumpy. Michael P. They're saying Blake Coleman needs to be shoved into a locker. He's pretty chippy, always involved in shit. Yeah, he was one of the guys they picked up last year, a sandpaper player. They picked up a couple of them, and that helped give Tampa what they needed to get over the top. That's why he's still there. Brian Peel said, D-Cut says, what's up live from the Coliseum? I'm yeah. jealous. D-Cut. I'm jealous you made it there to the Coliseum. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, well, here's the thing. At least I don't have to battle the traffic on the way home from the Coliseum. I could just walk up my stairs. <laughs> and you'll never have that memory, though, that D-Cut's got. Angelo R. there said, I still smell like beer. They were throwing all the beer cans on the ice, Grumpy. Oh, I thought maybe because she was, you know, really pounding the brewskis down and it was coming out of her pores. No. Perhaps. And then Brian Piel said, Barzal was freaking amazing tonight. Imagine if he had real wingers. That seems to be a recurring trend. Imagine, you know, what Matt Barzal could do with some real wingers. Um, yeah. It's the truth. It's Thank the truth. You. Even imagine what the because I really think Matt Barzal, even though point production wise hasn't been as high in the regular season as years past, I think his game has taken a huge step forward this year. Actual production, overall performance in his game. Imagine even if he had Anders Lee healthy the whole year, as opposed to Leo Komarov strapped to his left wing there for you know the better half of the last forty-five some odd games. That being said, moving right along there, what a film said, what a fantastic game. My son and I watched the game together. Uh, he knows. He knows I'm a goalie and nervous as hell, but he puts up with it. But thank God, uh, or but thank, but my God, thank you for this night. Yes. I mean, you know what? Uh, just to touch on the Matt Barzell thing before we, I get to this comment, because I do want to talk about this. Um, he, Matt Barzell improved so much off the puck this year. 
I think that's the big difference from him and previous years. I think he's become much more well-rounded player. Now to this. The thing that makes this so good for you, Woulda, is that, you know, you get to watch a game with your son. I mean, and that's just fantastic. I mean, that bonding is just great. And, you know, I don't know how old your son is, but, you know, when they get old, they're going to remember these moments and these times. They just do. So, I mean, good for you and congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be moving right along there. Um, Joseph Wood said, you said that the Sears is over. Blow hard. Copy that, Sir you. Why did you say that, TJ? You should never should have said that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I'll tell you, I still stick with the same point. I, there's no way in hell we were losing game six at the Coliseum. I just, I, I, I didn't care who we were playing against. Just like I'll tell you this, if the Islanders advance to the Stanley Cup Finals, they could be playing the freaking, uh, the 1985 Edmonton Oilers. We're beating them. Don't care who they roll out there. I really feel confident. That's all I'm going to say, Grumpy. Moving right along, though, uh, Grumpy old man. Two mess pessimist sticking said, uh, we shouldn't have thrown the beverages. The announcers should not have commentated on that. Yeah, here's the thing. They shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have thrown them, whatever. But, uh, yeah. I don't understand why they're making a huge deal out of it. Okay. When Florida wins, they throw the rats on the ice, right? And, oh, that's fun. You know, that's okay. That's fun. I just think it matters if it's certain teams, they don't care. I mean, I don't think, and I don't know if the beer bottles were full. I'm going to assume they were empty. I'm assuming they're empty. Yeah, Brendan W. also saying, well, it definitely got the barn rocking. They were the aluminum, uh, Joe Francis saying, they were the aluminum Bud Light bottles they were throwing. Okay. Bud I Light. mean, they looked like they were empty, and they're oh, they're throwing from all parts of the building. Now, I mean, if you're in the upper deck, you're going to have to have a cannon to reach the yeah. ice uh, with an empty beer bottle. I'm just saying. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's what they're saying. I don't know if they actually all landed on the ice. Maybe they hit other people like uh, 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 Angelo or who, whoever got who smells a beer. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened. But you know what? Fans are just having fun. They're just having fun. Nothing wrong with that. Here's the thing. I should- if I had a Bud Light, I'd be throwing out the, be throwing out that drink anyway. Man, oh man, Bud Light. Ooh. Uh, moving right along there, I'm sure we'll get some comments about that. But Bud Light, God Almighty, um, uh, Aaron G. There said Islanders never say die. Uh, is in uh, the name die is not in a part of their vocabulary. Yeah, they don't die. They never go down easy. Adrian saying Tampa will win it in Game Seven. Adrian wants to let you know, Grumpy, Tampa's going to win it in Game Seven. I, okay, I, I'm going to defend Adrian a little bit. She's a Tampa fan, and she's come on this podcast numerous times, and she's been nothing but nice. She's allowed to root for Tampa. She's she's acknowledged she's a Tampa fan. She's never nasty. So I just hope you're wrong, Adrian, so I can come on and say, Yo, Adrian, we did it. That's what I want to say on Friday night. Angela R said, Grump, what do you say about game seven? I just hope we win. I just hope we win. I still think the odds are against us. I just think Tampa is so good. The game is going to be determined right away, I feel. I think you're going to be able to tell in the first five, ten minutes who's going to win the game. It all depends on how we come out. If we come out like we did tonight, particularly how we finish the game, I think we have a real good chance if we come out like we did on Monday, we're going to lose. Here, Here's this. Uh, I'm going to let you know this. I don't think the game is going to be determined in the first five minutes. This is going to be a game 
fans, we are going to be sweating, I think, all game long. I don't think it's going to be like game five was where Tampa scores in, you know, the first, you know, two minutes of the game or anything. I I hope it's not the case. I'd like to say that maybe this is going to be a game to where it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be tight. It's going to be hardly contested. It's going to be a close fought battle. Um, I just hope it's not going to be a game to where the officiating plays a role in the outcome. That is the only thing I can hope. I, you know, here's the thing. I want the Islanders to win, obviously. What I don't want to have happen is Islanders win or lose, there to be a call or blatant mismanagement by the refs that costs us the game. And that that's one of those things, or even it costs Tampa the game. I, you know, no matter how it how it transpires, I do not want officiating to have a hand into what the actual final outcome is. If the referees let the boys play. That benefits the Islanders. If they want to play the whistle patrol, that hurts us. Yeah. Uh, Paolo C. there saying, hi, Grumpy. Your Mayfield played a hell of a game. Yeah, man. I love Scott Mayfield. I remember when they drafted him. He was a guy I wanted them to draft. I just like, yeah, I read the scouting reports on him. Like, man, that's somebody we could use. And it took him a while to come up. But he's been a fixture. And I thought he should have been up before he was. We got a few comments here. Um, Joseph Wood, they're saying armchair quarterback. And then Brendan also bringing us up. When we first started the uh, the podcast, before the series even started, you did pick the Islanders to win in game seven. But you said just to keep things consistent, I'm going to say Islanders in 11 because it has been working out. So, (laughs) And he said, I did this. uh, I did this team is deep too. Um, But Robin Stewart, they're saying when the playoffs started against the Penguins, did you think we'd be in the conference finals? Here's the thing. We started the playoffs and we entered as a four seed that was sputtering at the end of the year that looked like we can't find the second. We couldn't find, you know, the third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, et cetera. No, nobody in their right mind would say we're going to make it number one back to the, you know, back to the conference finals with a chance to go to the Stanley Cup finals. If you were to tell me that you said that you know, going into the playoffs, I knew immediately we we're going to make the conference finals. You're bullshitting. You're lying to us, or you're just a, a freaking blind fan because there's no way you could have said after how poorly we had played um, to end the regular season. You said I'm penciling us in to make you know make possibly the Stanley Cup finals. Okay, I'm still going to stand by this statement. If Pittsburgh had a legitimate goalie in net, we don't beat Pittsburgh. Our team has gotten better and better and better every single playoff round, with the exception of Game Five when we were brutal. We have gotten be- we have grown as a team over from what the regular season was because I didn't think we played particularly well. Certainly not down the stretch. Tristan Jari saved us. He gave us a lifeline and gave us a chance to grow. He was the fertilizer for this Islander run. Then we play Boston. Tuka Rask playing with a hip injury. He obviously didn't look himself either. There were games where there were games where I thought that we were lucky to beat Boston. This series, there are no excuses. This series, Tampa's not been injured. We've just we've played our game. Tampa sometimes looks like they're sleepwalking a little bit, but now it's game seven. Anything can happen. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Wood of Films also said, hey, Grump, we pushed it, and we pushed it good. On to game seven. Push uh, it real good. Do, 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 uh, Robin Stewart also said, Bailey makes that line click. 
What line? Second, uh, talking about the second line. Here's the thing. No. The second line. No. Stop, 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 Grump. Let me speak, huh? The second line hasn't looked particularly great as a whole. And that's the thing. This series, I didn't think they looked particularly great. Boston, I know they scored a few goals against the Boston series, but defensively, they didn't look great. You know, the lines that I've been ultra impressed with, the fourth line has really earned a lot, mucho respect in my book. Unbelievable amount of respect for the fourth line. That, I think, has been the biggest surprise line, and they've really stepped up and answered the bell and answered the call here this series. Yeah, I'm not going there. I think they've played well at times, but they've been nice for a lot of goals and a lot of bad things that happen just because they're just not – they're fourth line. And if they get stuck out there at the wrong moment, they get exposed. Uh, the second line goes as Anthony Bavillier goes, uh, not Josh Bailey. Joe Johnson saying New York is really going to be regretting not having home ice advantage. Nine nothing Tampa. Oh, Joe, get come on, get the hell out of here, Joe, get out of here, Joe. <laughs> but realistically, having that final change certainly helps us match up against Tampa. I, I don't agree. Uh, Ariel C said, "Great game, uh, but when we were in the offensive zone, uh, for which seemed like over a minute." Uh, we had one shot on net. It's just unacceptable. Yeah, we weren't converting enough of those into shots. And the power play was, uh, you know, left something to be desired. But here's the thing: you know, our penalty kill did what they were supposed to do. So, uh, you know, special teams were a draw tonight. I will take a draw on the special teams battle any day of the week against Tampa. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing that the NBC honks were talking about. Well. They had so many chances. They had so many chances, and they, you know, mentioned Matt Barzell's chance. Well, you know what? That puck was deflected coming towards them at record speed. But you know, sometimes when you lack talent, it's hard to convert those. Like Casey, I mean, just little things, right? The guy gets a stick on it. Casey can't finish. Bailey misses a shot because he's Bailey. Uh, you know, Zajac misses a shot because he's thirty-six, and those things just happen. But the fact that we never quit and Matt Barzell does all the work setting up Everly and Mayfield to get us to overtime. And Bavillier, thank you very much, Coleman, for that wonderful pass, probably the best pass he's had all year. Send us on to game seven. I'm just excited. I, I swear. I, you know, it's funny. You mentioned earlier about who would be playoff MVP. I thought about that as soon as we scored. I said, man, when we, when we win the cup, I said, I don't want it to be Varlamov as playoff MVP. I just don't think he's the most valuable player. It's got to be Matt Barzell. If Varlamov wins the playoff MVP, again, assuming we make it past Tampa in game seven and assuming we win the cup, uh, I'd be shocked unless Varlamov comes out there and stands on his head in game seven and stands on his head in the finals. There's no way in hell Varlamov deserves that over a guy like Matt Barzell. Anyway, two minutes pessimistic saying here, I was at game four. Yeah, the sound doesn't translate very well on TV. And that's that's not the way it used to be. It used to be you could really hear the crowd. I think they do something now to mute it or whatever, but it takes away from I, I could just tell that crowd was wild today. Just the reaction. I know they weren't going like this. Hey, hey. I mean, they were screaming at the top of their lungs. You know they were. And you don't they don't I, I just think it takes away from it. Don't take the fans out of it. We've been without fans for a year. People want to hear the fans. I do anyway. 
that is for certain they do. Uh, Joe Francis pointed out there, Tampa is also out with their big D man there, uh, Aaron, uh, Eric Sarnak. Um, I think, yeah, I messed up earlier on the podcast. I was calling Sorelli Sarnak. I was like, oh, man, oh, man. It's been a late, long week. Uh, but, yeah, they were also without their Sarnak tonight. I'd like to be them to be without Victor Hedman. Uh, too much pessimistic and said our San Diego meetup group tweeted their Islanders never say die after every goal. Tips to hat there, Grumpy. Lou in the landline. Thank you so much. <laughs> Brian P. there said, we even win without dressing our best lineup, Wallstrom and Bellows, or if it Lee was healthy, I'd even take Del Cole over Comroff and Zajac. Uh, it's like a magic carpet ride. Yeah, I just... I- I don't see what the advantage of having Komarov and Zajac in there. Oh, well, Matt Barzell doesn't win face-offs. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Leo Komarov doesn't win face-offs either. He does. That's not accurate. He does win face-offs. Everyone everyone that I saw him take instead of Matt Barzell, he lost today. I'd like to see what his face-off is. As a whole, he is a better face-off percentage than Matt Barzell. I'm not saying he's winning 100% of his face-offs, but I think he wins over 52%. No, no, he's forty-five percent. Zajac was fifty-two. Uh, Komarov's like forty-five, and Barzell's like thirty-four. To me, not enough to not enough to make a difference where you feel you have to play somebody like that on the first line. Oh, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Finding ways to complain even when things look good. I swear. That being said, moving right along there. Um, we also had a comment there from Robin Stewart saying, whatever happened to that milk toast that wore 66? Are you talking about Mario? You're talking about Mario Lemieux? Are you calling him milk toast, huh? No, can't say that about Mario. He was a freaking warrior. He was an absolute warrior. Um, you talk about a guy who was probably one of the most gifted, if not the most gifted player. I mean, I know yeah. Wayne's got you know all the numbers and the accolades that go there with it. But man, oh man, uh, Mario Lemieux was... Something else. He used something special. <laughs> yeah, and you just got to remember, Mario was a better skater. He was a better goal scorer, and he was way bigger. He was way faster. Uh, he had a ser- – and he didn't have the talent around him, particularly early in his career. Gretzky always was playing with loaded teams in Edmonton, just loaded. Uh, you know, it took a while. you got to remember, and he came back from cancer and the back injuries. Uh, Mario was a true – a legend of the game. Legend of the game. You'll never hear me badmouth him, ever. Yeah, absolutely. Just to give you some context there, grumpy old man, I'm not sure if it's got tonight's numbers there put in there, but currently right now through the playoffs, I want to go ahead and let you know that uh, uh, Leo Komarov is on average winning 47.7% of his face-offs. So just to provide you that context there, Grump. Um, we got another comment here uh, from Dirk C saying, well, since I was wrong with my prediction in five, I think we win game seven. The game-winning goal comes from Leo Komarov. Would that not be the most fitting way for Leo Komarov to score his first NHL postseason goal this year? As a game winner in Game 7. Holy crap, Grumpy. You're going to be eating the biggest shit sandwich there was if that's the case. You have to feel that your team certainly has divine intervention if Leo Komarov is scoring a game-winning goal. How do you think you can lose when that guy scores? It'd be like me playing and me scoring. That's what it'd be like. Oh my goodness! I've scored just as much as Leo Komarov has. Hey, Grumpy, I don't think you do a lot of the things that Leo does. There, Rusty Spooner said we had the f the tampons chant, laughing my ass off. Uh, it was great. And yes, TJ and Grumpy old man, the media has definitely muted us. Let's go Islanders. Yeah, I think that's unfortunate. I really do. I mean, 
why? Why would you do that? That's part. That's part of the atmosphere of the game. I mean, I know they drown out the Islanders fans in Tampa. I know they do. Mm. Grumpy. Moving right along there, David M. There saying, could not be more stoked. What a beautiful night. I'll tell you, I'll sleep well. I'm going to sleep well tonight, ladies and gents. Um, Robin Stewart also saying, you can't argue with winning. Komarov had the defenseman tied up there against May when Mayfield scored. No, no. Matt Barzell, th three guys, three and a half guys were watching uh, were watching Matt Barzell. Three guys were on him, and one guy was sliding towards him. That's four guys, and he makes the pass. He did, he, did, he did have a defenseman tied up in front of the net. I think it was – I don't know. Was it heaven? I can't remember which defenseman it was. He did have a guy tied up, but still, I you know, they I don't think they would have would have abandoned, uh, you know, assignment, and they said, hey, we're going to go ahead and devote two different defensemen there to Mayfield who's streaking up a side. I mean, that was an excellent goal. I, here's the thing. I think it was a nice job by Matt Barzal, but I, I, all credit goes to Scott Mayfield on that. I'm sorry. That was an excellent snipe there. What a film said I'm happier. I'm happy as a pig and shit. Hell of a game seven, but still no Wallstrom. Yeah, I don't understand that. I, I mean, you, you know he's not going to play. You know he's not. Greg, Greg Frost there saying, shoot high on Vasilevsky. Sorry, I don't know how to spell his name. I was about to say, I couldn't spell Vasilevsky's name off of memory. You'd have to Google search it. But shoot high on Vasilevsky. I remember. Well, I couldn't even pronounce his last name when he first came up. So I remember Ben Bishop was their goalie, and this kid, they say, oh, he's really fantastic, you know, and then they surprisingly uh, let Ben Bishop go. And it's kind of like Sorokin and Varlamov, honestly. I think, you know, Varlamov should be let go at the end of the year. You got the kid who can step in and play next year. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting because Vasilevsky didn't have a whole lot of experience under his belt when they gave him the job full time, and he certainly proved them right. Uh, Kowit score there saying there, uh, Tampa fans are salty. Clear water is about to become fresh water with all the salt that's being sucked out of the city. I thought Boston fans were whiners. Boston fans are whiners. Uh, I think Tampa fans are a little bit spoiled right now, right? We they win the Super Bowl, they get to the World Series final, they win the Stanley Cup. Uh, they're on the verge of going to another cup final, potentially. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers look like they're another team, uh, another year where they're going to be condemned for a Super Bowl. You kind of get a little bit spoiled when your team wins like that and they start losing, get a little crazy. I uh, got a comment there from Jeff Feinbloom there saying, just got back from the game. Epic and pandemonium. Yeah, I just wish they would have they let the audience talk instead of the uh, commentator sometimes. So, you know, a lot of commentators make the mistake thinking that the people are there to listen to them. I think if you just listen to the crowd noise, it's even better in certain instances. Mm -hmm. um, oh, my God. Like when they scored, when we scored that goal, the announcers just should have shut up and they just should have jacked up the crowd noise. That's all they needed to do to sell that. Holy shit. Joe Johnson over there saying, LOL, fun watching the delusion. Tampa played one less guy all game, and uh, this is the mood. Laugh my ass off. Gonna enjoy all the tears on Friday. I, I guess, you know, Joe, you don't watch or don't know this podcast, my friend. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, you know, not. Tears on Obviously not. If we if we lose, there's no tears on Friday. Obviously, we'll be saddened by it. Uh, that's not something we're going to cry over. <laughs> 
So <laughs> what I've said this whole series, you know what? There's no crime losing to Tampa Bay because they're just a better team than you are. Yeah. I mean, I'm not delusional to think that we're a better team than Tampa. Uh, but if we win, we'll have earned it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think Tampa's – I still – regardless of the outcome, I feel Tampa's a better team than we are. Uh, but like I said, Pittsburgh beat the Yankees in 1960, and there's no way that Pittsburgh was a better team than the Yankees in 1960. Gotcha. It happens. Gotcha. Uh, moving right along there, though, grumpy old man. Um here it is. Uh, maybe uh, this Jeff there, Jeff Heimlum also saying, maybe, just maybe, we score first on Friday. Then anything's possible. Today was the first game all series where the team that scored first did not win. Every other game, the team that scored first won. Two minutes pessimistic, he said, I hate to steal somebody else's quote, but Mayfield is going to make sure that Tampa's under the cap. Cross-check the Kucherov. Oh, well, sorry, Kucherov. Uh, you know, I have no sympathy for Kucherov, honestly. I have none. I mean, he's a guy who he took the slash on J.G. Pajot last year. He's done some chippy thing, And he can be a chippy player. You can get under his skin, and he retaliates. And he gets a little nasty sometimes. I don't think he's a dirty player, but he certainly can get chippy. And I have no – like if Brad Marchant won out, no problem there either. Uh, like these are guys you'd love on your team, but you hate them when they're playing for somebody else. So he's playing for Tampa. I don't like them. Here's the thing, too. Cross-checking hat. And that's what like, oh, people point out, oh, I can't believe the cross. Tampa cross-checks the shit out of our guys all game long, just like we cross-check the shit out of Tampa guys all night long. It's not like, hey, I can point to individualized you know, scenarios where we're cross-checking players in the face. Anytime that happens, we're getting you know, game misconduct penalties and items like that. Here's the thing. Both teams are engaging there in combat. It's not like one team is bullying the other team or intimidating the other team, I don't think, at the moment, as the series as a whole. At the end of the last game, Casey got brutally cross-checked from behind in front of the net, in front of Tampa's net. Were they pushing that narrative? Nope. I just hate when they're selective. That's the thing. If you're if you're going to call out every single cross check, fine. I have no problem with that. But you just can't cherry pick cross checks. Well, gosh, the Islanders have been cross checking all game. Well, you know what? Why don't we look and see what Tampa's done? Because I know you've been too lazy to actually go through and look at all the tape and see who's cross checking too. I know that. You're just picking what fits your narrative, and then oh. He cross-checked him here. Well, let's see what other cross-checks he's doing today. That's what they do. They don't go through the whole tape. They just pick and choose. And that's the thing that drives me crazy. Fake news. Alexander saying, I was at the game when Turgeon got knocked out. Mind you, I was nine years old, and I was cursing Hunter up a storm. My uncle looked at me like I was possessed. This is your same uncle who doesn't think Matty B is elite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's always funny. You'll never forget that time period, I'm sure, though. Deal that, that was the last live Islander game that my dad saw, and he said it was the best game that he ever saw live. And that was another game that was just a fantastic playoff game, by the way. And, you know, Hunter, has, he's vile, in my opinion, and he always will be. You know, another guy, if he was on your team, you'd love him, but he plays with somebody else. And he was a cheap shot artist, Hunter. And I really believe he cost us a Stanley Cup that year. I really do. Alexander also said, and you're right, Grump there, uh, Hogue, uh, Turjan, Thomas, and uh, Malkov there, or Malikov there, and uh, Turjan had uh, 58 goals that year. Turjan Derek, King, Derek King was on that team, on that line with Turjan, with Stevie Thomas. You had Benoit Hogue. Gosh, who are the other two guys on that line? I can't even remember now. Uh, but that team was really talented. 
and everything clicked at the right time. It was a uh, monumental effort beating Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh was a juggernaut. They'd won two in a row. They were favored to uh, three-peat, uh, and we beat them in game seven. <laughs> like I said, when we were David Volek scoring that goal in overtime, you could hear a freaking pin drop when he scored that in Pittsburgh. And that's what happens. We fought back in that game. Kevin Stevens gets knocked out, gets his face broken on a check from my boy, Rich Pallon. And, you know, you just you never know what's going to happen. They were certainly more talented, as talented as we were. They were way more talented, way more talented. Moving right along there, Grumpy Old Man, because we're blasting through a few more comments here, and we'll be – uh, we'll be moving right along there. Rusty Spooner said we should have we should have won by three. Honestly, the power play BS there, um, five on three, definitely needed one goal. Grumpy and TJ has to agree on that. Yeah, um, you know when you go to a five on three in the power in, uh, on a power play in the playoffs, you want to come away with a goal. I mean, not could have definitely been deflating there for the team, but uh, it wasn't for the Islanders. There was a stat a couple of years ago that said teams that don't score on a five on three usually lose the game. And I'm just glad that didn't happen tonight. Uh, we had over a minute of five on three. And it just, I, I don't know. They, they're they saying, we're not going to let Matt Barzell beat us. They're going to make somebody else beat us. And I just looked at Palmieri in the trigger spot, and I'm like, man, I wish it was Wallstrom. That was the only thing. I mean, I wish it was Wallstrom and not Pulak at the point. I just I don't like him at the point. He's not, he's not fast enough with his decisions. He's not as good a passer. He's not accurate shooting. I'd much rather have Noah Dobson at the point in that situation. All F there saying, Grumpy, this Tampa Bay Corps has never won a Game 7 in their playoff career. Stamkos especially sucks in Game 7s. Uh, they did not have a Game 7 last year, and they're mentally a weak team. They will crumble. I hope you're right. Uh, winning a Stanley Cup kind of negates that a little bit. I'm not going to say that they're a, they're a mentally weak well, team. Here, here's the thing. If you win a Stanley Cup, though, and you, you were cruising past teams and you never really had a moment of doubt, a moment of fear, of like it never creeps in that, hey, we can actually lose this, you're never really tested. There's never really uh, any type of um, – there's no type of adversity when it comes to that. Or there's not as much adversity as teams that do face a Game 7, I think is what kind of Paul's expressing. Yeah, not true. Last year, their first-round series against Columbus, after getting swept by them the previous year, they wound up losing a game in overtime. I think they beat them in triple overtime, and that kind of set them on their way. Sometimes that adversity is what it needs to spur you on. I mean, I think that's what it did for them last year. I, I'm not selling Tampa short. I, I think anyone who says that this is going to be a cakewalk game for us in Game 7 is mistaken. I think Tampa's still the favorite. John P. They're saying the Easter Epic was uh, up there as one of the greatest Islander games I've ever watched. Yeah, I watched that. I remember I was working for the first. Gosh, I don't know. I think I I got home from work and it was like in the first overtime or something, and that was a great game too. A fluky goal that, uh, but I don't think it was a great game per se, action wise. Particularly, you know, when you're going four or five overtimes, the play kind of slows down. I was going to bring this game up, the Tonelli game against the Penguins, but I still thought that, uh, and that I think was an 82 in the first round. I still think that a couple other Islander games from that time frame were better. Uh, for me, the Stanley Cup winning game has no equal. Uh, and just because of the magnitude of the event and the fact that it was a cup winning game in overtime, 
on a Saturday afternoon uh, was just fantastic. And But that Islander Ranger game, game five, where Morrow scores the winning goal, man, that was something special too. Uh, Rusty Spooner said the fans won our game tonight 100%. Rest in peace, the barn. Oh, Rusty. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, Joseph Wood there said, I think it reminds me of the 1978 playoffs against Toronto, but in in reverse. I kept saying, how how could we lose to this team with all the talent we have? That And as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, to me, that was the worst defeat ever, losing to Toronto in what was essentially the first round of the playoffs. That was – and then Atlanta McDonald scoring in overtime. Like, oh, I could not believe – we were the best team in the league by – far and we lost to toronto Ugh, that was to me that was the absolute worst loss ever for me the worst nothing else even close Quan some they're saying there i seriously think bavillier scored there the game winner in overtime in game seven on a friday remember volick in 1993 bavillier will be our modern day version of a volick um, just talked about Volek. Uh, what I'm going to say is Bavillier is a way better player than David Volek ever was. And I think Volek had two goals that game, I believe. Gotcha, grumpy old man. Um, moving right along there. Brandon Gaines said Kucherov actually gets hurt when his shoulder jams along the boards following hit on Barzal. So, again, Brandon's also saying that, too. I thought I thought it had to do a little bit there with uh, Mayfield's hit, but I guess not. You know, Maybe people are seeing it. Maybe he's double banged up. Maybe his back's a little sore. Maybe his shoulder's a little, a little uh, a, got a little hitch in his shoulder. Hey, no problem with that. If we keep that for game seven, that's a plus for the Islanders. When he went off the ice, it was the shoulder that was bothering him for certain. The way he that almost looked like it was maybe, you know, maybe knocked out a joint or something. Maybe toral ligaments in that shoulder. Wouldn't that be great? I'd be happy. <laughs> no, I, I you know I'd be happy with if he goes ahead and just is banged up enough. I don't want you don't wish injury on any player first off, Grumpy. Not serious injury, but hey, if he's too banged up and bruised up or he can't play game seven, but you know, two weeks from now he'll be healthy. I wouldn't mind that. Hey, you're gonna be fine, no impact on your career. That's good. It's, it's, I didn't say anything out of his career. I just want to make sure he's outside of game five. I don't want him coming back. So if he tore some ligaments up there, he's not going to be able to play. Yeah, you tear ligaments, you have surgery, you're out for a while. I don't wish any type of long-term injuries on anybody. Grump. Yeah, go ahead. Pop, 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 pop. Anyway, moving right along there. Robin Stewart said, seriously, why do you think he plays ahead of all the other taxi squad guys about Leo Komarov there? I oh, have no I, idea. I, uh, it's not not worth getting into that there at this point here. Uh, Dat J there saying, "Who needs Headman when you have Mayfield?" Good morning from Germany. I would take Victor Headman on this team every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> I'd, I'd love. <laughs> he's he's the best defenseman in the league. How can you say no to him? Oh man. Alexander saying, uh, oh, my goodness, E.J. Grumpel, man, did you hear the crowd saying, ask Steven Stamkos? Oh, man, that had me rolling. They, I couldn't hear anything that, they, that the crowd was saying today. I think they just numbed it out. I heard them. I did hear them sing the Josh Bailey song and the national anthem, which they certainly pumped up the national anthem, which I have no problem for because it gives me goosebumps whenever I hear the crowd sing it full throat. But it seems like they really toned – the sound of the crowd down during the game, and I don't, I don't like that. I want to, hear, I want to know what the fans are thinking. Gotcha, grumpy old man. Oh, 
Provincer said, perfect grumpy impersonation, TJ. Hey, I've been podcasting with Grump there for a while. So, hey, you know, he gives me he gives me a little bit of shit. I give him shit. But that's what makes it fun. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about. When I did my grumpy impersonation earlier. Anyway, Michael D said, how are the teams of balls now, Grump? The same guys are the ones who show up with balls. The other guys don't. It's the same guys. Hmm. Today, who was it today? Who was it today? Seriously, who was it today? Matt Barzell, fourth line, Scott Mayfield, Brian Pulak, Adam Pellick. Those are your guys right there. Did you see anything sensational from the second line today? Anthony Bavillier. He's another guy who who's not afraid to put it all on the line out there. Third line was – and J.G. Pajot is a guy, but he's so banged up. I thought Palmieri was invisible, and Zajac was a liability, and Komarov, well, you know, he is what he is. Robin Stewart also saying, did you watch Cooper and Stamkos? They'll be whining the media about Kucherov. It'll be a replay of Butch Cassidy. Good. 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 You know what? That means that you're not focusing on the game. That's what it means to me. I mean, I'm sorry. That's part of the game. You know, nobody had a problem when he slashed uh, J.G. Pajot last year. Nobody had a problem when, uh, you know, Scott Mayfield takes an elbow to the head against Boston. I mean, nobody had a problem with Casey Zizekas taking a brutal cross-check the back at the end of an 8 nothing game. So I don't, I don't want to hear it. That's just hockey. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hunter H. They're saying, incredible game. We deserve to win. However, this win had final game at the Coliseum written all over it. I hope I'm wrong. This barn needs more stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the podcast earlier. If this was the last game at the Coliseum, it's a good way to go out. I certainly hope it's not. I hope that we have four more. At least, hey, oh, huh, well. I don't know. I, I here's the thing. We would, I'm not even sure. Hey, I hope we only have two more. We sweep whoever we play in the next round, Grump. That's what I'm hoping. Maybe two or three more. Well, I mean, that would mean we're playing Montreal and we have home ice advantage. And if you say that you're going to game seven of the Stanley Cup final, you know, what else could what else could you ask for, really? Mm. Moving right along there. Um uh, Michael M saying milk carton Barzal. Yeah, he's obviously making jest there at it. All the people who were saying he was invisible the first series. Matt Barzal's not doing this. He's not doing that. Yeah, he, Matt he was to every. I'm sorry, TJ. Right. Um, for everyone who says that about Matt Barzal, they don't know what they're talking about. He's the best player on this team by, I mean, a country mile, as they say. I mean, there's no one, there is no one else on this team even close to his talent level. I mean, not even close. Um, and then Brian P there said, nice one, Grump. Yep, Pittsburgh won every game by a run, but the Yankees destroyed him in their three wins. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's it can happen. And I I, I swear I thought about that this afternoon. I said, gosh, you know what? If we win today and somehow manage to win. On Friday, that's what it would remind me of. It really would. We're a team vastly, and we're vastly inferior to uh, Tampa talent-wise. We are, 
There's no harm in saying that. I think I think Tampa. I think Tampa is the more talented team. I do think that our team has different qualities that Tampa doesn't have. Again, you can't write them down as a quantifiable. I don't want to derail you, but you can't write them down as like, hey, we've got guys who could do X, Y, Z with the puck. This type of stick handling. We have different types of skills and uh, different types of. I think uh, continuity. I think we have a different measure of loyalty to everybody out there on the ice that Tampa maybe doesn't have. I'm not saying Tampa's not loyal. I'm just saying there's not a single Islander that wouldn't, you know, throw themselves in front into a burning building for another guy out there on the ice. Well, for not wanting to derail my thought, that 32nd thing certainly derailed it. But what I'll say is even a team that is vastly superior to another can still be beat. And that's what I hope happens with us on Friday. Yep, just one game. Um, and then uh, Michael M. there saying, going to enjoy listening to this tomorrow. He said, love you guys there. My uh, uncle's funeral is Friday. Would really love for an Islanders win. Yeah, really sorry about that, Mike. I, I think we mentioned it. Um, yeah, we talked about that. Last podcast, we talked about that as well. Yeah, and again, sorry obviously to hear that. But, hey, no better way there to have that Friday cap off there with a – with an Islanders win there in an advance there to 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 uh, okay that that just came out wrong hey, okay maybe it did I'm just saying there it does always hey you know he said love the guys that really really love a win that's all I'm saying I'd really okay. love a win there too for the Islanders okay. um uh two minutes pessimist sticking said uh, the Tampa fans have been on your podcast have been very respectful yeah. yeah no problem at all I have no problem at all with the Tampa fans none they're not Ranger fans or here's the thing. Usually, most fans from other podcasts kind of scared to come on here, honestly, because I chew them up and spit them out. Um, but the Tampa fans have been very respectful. I have no problem with them at all. They're not they're not Flyer fans or Boston fans or Ranger fans or Toronto fans. I mean, they're very respectful. And I here's the thing, but I've been we have been very respectful towards Tampa Bay as well. You don't hear us blasting Tampa really. Maybe the coach a little bit, but certainly not the players. They're supremely talented. Hmm. Um, absolutely there. And moving right along there. Um, he said, was it Mayfield's first game, the 2015 playoffs game six? I don't remember if it was his first game. I want to say he played before that. Gotcha. Um, moving right along there. Maybe. Uh, and uh two minutes pessimistic. He said, Holy crap, Grumpy doing a salt and peppers pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's a good song. <laughs> Owen Johnson said, open up the phone lines. No, we won't have them open today. It's it's late. We're getting up there, but we'll have them open on Friday for certain. Uh, Brian P. Sayer saying, uh, we're having a magic ride there. Uh, we got outplayed by Pittsburgh and won because it had no goalie. I think we might have lost to Boston if Tuca wasn't hurt. Aye. No, I I agree. I certainly agree. I didn't think we played. Series, those series would be tougher. I'm still saying the outcomes are probably still going in our favor, though. I, I will say if, if if Pittsburgh had a better goalie in that, I think that's one maybe you could go ahead and say that they've got a better chance to win. Yeah, see, to me, that's the way I look at it. I thought that Pittsburgh played better than we did that series, and Jari cost them the series. But what did we do? What do, what do good teams – what do teams that win championships do, right? They get better – as the tournament goes on. And I think you've seen that from us because we certainly played better against Boston. Uh, but if Root Rask, there was obviously something wrong with him. We didn't know the extent of his injury. I'm stunned that uh, Bruce slash Butch Cassidy uh, didn't sit him for one of those games because he definitely looked hurt. And then you find out he's got a torn labor in his hip. I thought the Swayman kid could have filled in admirably. 
and it just kind of is what it is, and now it's kind of snowballed for us. Uh, yeah, again, I, I'll tell you, it went on too long. Sorry, Grump, I forgot my point. Moving right along there. John M. there saying, Bavilia reminds me of Bob Bourne. Uh, both skate like wind, score big goals, and a little under the radar. A little Bobby, underrated, sorry. Bobby Bourne was really underappreciated. He was one of my favorite Islanders back in the day. Man, could he skate? Oh, he was, I mean, I think he was the best skater on the team. Joshua R. there saying Barzal needs to continue to take over games every time he touches the puck. Do you know how tough it is for him to do that when he's playing by himself out there? I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you look at him, it's like, what are the other guys doing? Nobody's moving. Nobody's getting to the front of the net. No one's doing anything. He has to do it all on his own. It just, I mean, the kid's incredible. He's incredible. Mark A. saying, does Wallstrom play game seven? No. Nope. Again, no way, no way. Uh, Godzilla saying, I agree. It's crazy to have Komarov on the ice. I will say he's a god on the pe- on the penalty kill. Nothing else, but uh, he's good for a few minutes a game. We have half our team can kill penalties. You don't need Leo Komarov to kill penalties. Oh, shit. Robin Stewart said, no, I'm not talking about Mario. I'm talking about that kid who was, oh. in, Islanders, who was in the Islanders dressing room cancer two years ago. Uh, Josh Ho saying, yeah, uh, they never gave Josh Hosang a chance. Well, we are privy to some information again that we had talked about. I think there with uh, with Tommy B, Coach Tommy B, who who's got inside information on that. Um, and that let's just put it like this: uh, wasn't a good situation and unfortunate. Uh, yeah, it's that's an off season type of thing. But uh, moving right along there, um, Aaron G also saying I'm a Red Wings fan, but the playoffs have me excited. To be watching, uh, to watch what happens, I'll tell you, it's been unbelievable. Don't, I mean, don't, don't sleep on the Red Wings going forward. They're building a, a really young. Uh, hey, you know what? They're in full rebuild mode. Nothing wrong with that. But they're sticking with the plan, and they're getting some really exciting young talent. So Here, here's the thing, too, right? You look at Cedar. He's unbelievably talented. He's the first ever. I think he's the youngest ever player to win the Swedish uh, Hockey League's Defensive Player of the Year award. Youngest. Uh, that also being said, I mean, you look at you look at some of the guys who've come out of the Swedish Elite League too. That's that's impressive there to have that. Lucas Raymond. He's really coming in the form too. They've got a lot of players that are really looking like you know they might be they might be stepping up. I mean, they're going to be sitting. I think at number six there in the draft this year. Um, probably might be addressing the hole there in goalie, perhaps. But hey, Stevie Y is really building a team out there in Detroit. That is going to be a team that is going to be a powerhouse there for for years to come. What a films did say. Thank you there, Grumpy. We love you, my son and I. We love you too. Absolutely. Uh, Brett W. said, as good as Mario and Gretzky were, Bossy was the best pure goal scorer I've ever seen. Had he not thrown out his back and played as, and had played as long there as Gretzky, he'd have more goals. Less overall points, but more goals. Yeah, Mike Bossy was a, a true sniper and a great goal scorer. Uh, you, know, you're, you know, when you're making those calls, it's like you're talking about the, the all-time greatest of the all-time greatest, the goats, the goats, the goats, the super goats. I don't know what you call it. The I mean, goaty goats, the goaty goaty goats. Yeah. Um, Bossy was fantastic. Not a playmaker. He's goal scorer, um, without a doubt. I don't know if he would have broken Gretzky's record or not. Um, just be, and, and he certainly wouldn't have played as long as Gretzky. People forget Mike Bossy took a lot of punishment. Uh, scoring those goals where Gretzky, 
not so much. Not so much. Moving right along there. Brian P. said, St. Jack and Leo now have one goal combined in their 18 playoff games. They blow. Uh, Rusty Spooner there says, Mario and Lindros were insanely great. Yager, though, is there also. The thing that made Yager special is he played into his 40s and was still real productive. Another all-time. Think about that Pittsburgh team, 93, right? You have Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, Kevin Stevens, Russ Francis. Paul Coffey was on defense for them. Ulf Samuelson, Tom Barrasso in goal. I mean, they were fan, they were loaded, fantastic. They were a fantastic team. Shell Samuelson, another really great defender. Owen Jay saying it just got back from the game, guys. Let's go, Islanders. I'm jealous. I am jealous there. Um, moving right along there. Um, he's giving us there how to spell Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. That's that's how they spell it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely there. Moving right along there. Uh, um, uh, I'm furious that Wall Street Wallstrom isn't in either. BS bullshit there, Rusty Spooner says. Well, I'll tell you, there's no way he's coming in for game seven. Uh, it's going to be unless there's somebody gets chronically ill or rolls an ankle uh, coming off the plane. We're going to see the same lineup we saw out there tonight, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what a films I'll say. Great job, TJ. You're becoming a pro. A long bit of time there till we get there. <laughs> uh, we do appreciate it, though, what a film. Uh, D-Cut, I gave you guys a shout-out, bro. Absolutely. Uh, moving right along there. Um, uh, I see there said the Pirates versus Yankees in 1960. He's kind of breaking down those games. Yeah, those one win or two win or two two run wins there. That pitch yeah. on they're crazy. So hey, yeah. nice comparison, yeah. Rome. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I mean that's and that's kind of the way I feel about this. And the team that was the best team did not win that series, and it happens sometimes, right? I mean, think about when. Well, that's all right. I won't bring it up. Robin Stewart said, "All the pressure is on Tampa now." I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, wholeheartedly. And if with Kucherov out there, hey, we don't we don't know if he's out. We don't I'm know. If, I said if Kucherov, maybe I, if I didn't say if, I said if Kucherov is out there. Let me reward it. If Kucherov is out there, we're in good shape. Uh, Brian P. There said maybe Kucherov can bang his shoulder back into place like Riggs from. Sure, yeah. he'll know. Um, will know that. Will know that movie. Ah, I think I've seen Lethal Weapon, but I can't remember that scene. That was, uh, I believe, Lethal. Was that Lethal Weapon One or Lethal Weapon Two where he did that? I think it was Lethal Weapon Two. Where he uh, was able to dislocate his shoulder and pound it back into shape. Those are underappreciated movies. Those were the first of the, uh, you know, the the buddy cop films back there in the eighties. Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Rusty Spooner said, "Wait, TJ and Grumpy, did you not hear what Bubble Boys said there? Straight ammo. Oh no, I didn't hear what he said. Too late to be pulling that up too. Um, but I'll have to look and maybe." talk about that do a little quick thing uh later on but uh, ic said when is the last time the islanders made the cup finals 1984 85 yep uh yo boy zach 21 said good game tonight guys good luck on friday tampa fan zach again all the all the tampa fans have been really respectful here yeah. so that's always nice um and then kevin h there saying thank heavens barzal wasn't suspended and just got a fine cooper's probably going to whine about that now too he didn't deserve. He didn't deserve a suspension. I don't think he deserved a fine. He barely deserved a penalty. 
Back in, let me tell you something. Back in the seventies and eighties, that's not even a penalty call. Oh, did we miss eighty-five? We lost an eighty-five in the cup there at Edmonton, didn't we? No, yeah. so nineteen eighty-five is the last time we made it. I said eighty-four. It was eighty-five. The, the, the eighty-four, eighty-five season. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, Kwong Sum there saying Tampa was outscoring us nineteen to eleven in this series, uh, but that doesn't mean Jack. All we need to do is outscore by one goal on Friday, and it's happened before. Just like we beat Pittsburgh in ninety-three, there they outscore in a number of goals, but we take the series. That's why the Islander teams are so beloved. They're like underdogs. I mean, it wasn't like that in the eighties, of course, but throughout their history, in the seventies, it was certainly like that. Just like the little engine that could. I mean, that's kind of what it. That's kind of what it is. We're we're real tough to hate because we just play hard. We're not dirty, uh, and you just have to respect us. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why that's why we're Islander fans. Right? And Kay said it's Ron Francis, not Russ. You called it Russ. I let it slide there, but Ron Francis there for the Pittsburgh. For the Pittsburgh Penguins, Grump. D-Cut also saying, sup, boys, just got home from the game. Great bounce back game and effort. Let's go, Islanders. And Russ Francis was a Hall of Fame tight end, played for New England Patriots, and then the San Francisco 49ers. Did I say Russ Francis earlier? Yes, you did. Oh, I, I, I let it slide. I'm like, I know you mean Ron Francis, but I'm yeah. like, I don't got time. Don't have Yeah, Ron time. Francis is the GM of the Kraken, the Kraken now. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Grumpy. Man, we're at a little over two hours. Hey, I will say, guys, we're going to be going live Friday post-Islanders game. Win, lose, doesn't matter. Friday evening, we'll be live talking about Game 7 against Tampa. Uh, we will also will be going live tomorrow on our General Sports Podcast. You could find that uh, in the link in the description below. Uh, that's how, again, if you want to watch Grumpy Old Man and I talk about more sports in general, just hot takes. It's only an hour-long podcast. Uh, but it is a podcast that's more just meant to have hot takes in debate type of debate type of scenarios. Um, but uh, Grumpy, is there anything else you want to say here before the Islanders face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game Seven? Uh, hopefully, we win. And love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't. From TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Absolutely. And thank you so much, guys, for tuning in there. Uh, it's been a late one. We have been running late the last few times. And, uh, hey, I can't I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for Friday. It's a big game here, big game for Islander fans. We've now, I think we are on, we've been going live, I want to say, for the last, has it been like 10, maybe like 12 or some odd post-Islander games where it's been every other night and, oh, man, two hours, two and a half hours every other night. Ooh, it's wearing on me, boys. But, hey, there's nothing more I enjoy than getting to talk there with the, with the Islander fan. What's that, Grum? Stop whining and crying about how tough it is for you, okay? I'm just saying we'd love to, we'd love to do what we do out here, and we thank you guys for coming and watching us. That's that's the point, Grump, if you would let me finish it up. But thank you guys for tuning in always there and supporting there the show. Uh, we love, again, being able to talk about the Islanders. Uh, big Game 7. Thank you, Grumpy Old Man, and thank you everybody who tuned in to the live stream.